Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? East Carolina girls are the best in the world. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. You got to give me a sack, Chandler. Uh, give me a sack. Sack! Yes. <laughs> How about those freaking pirates? It's a me, a man's a Garcia. <laughs> Puedes pintar este violeta. Y'all are intimidating guys, you know what I'm saying? Y'all are famous, y'all are celebrity-type guys, and that's intimidating. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday as we get closer and closer to kickoff to the 2023 football season. East Carolina and Michigan on Saturday. We'll be with you bright and early, 8 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll be with you during the game with Marcus Crandall and Jason Nichols on YouTube with the watch party and of course after the game the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show but we got a lot of chatter uh, to get to before we get to that game day on pi radio 92.7 fm in greenville 104.1 in washington you can find us on 1250 930 online pr927fm.com and watch the show be a part of the show on facebook live and on youtube if you got a question for east carolina athletics director john gilbert you can get that in on facebook and youtube and we will pass that along during this hour as the ad of east carolina will join us here hour number one coming up at four o'clock we'll talk to aaron mcmahon from inlive.com and the ann arbor news break down this michigan team that we'll see coming up on saturday our buddy wager mcgee joins us in hour number two to break down week one of college football and uh, a whole lot more coming up on today's show we got a packed house today with shirley rhodes the big dog glenn griffin intern joey chandler's here alan thomas is here what's up alan live studio audience ellerby's at the table hello ellerby what's up clipper good to be here getting uh, a day before the pirate radio football kickoff party Man. so uh football season is here excitement is here and glad to have the athletic director john gilbert in studio today. thank you for hanging out with us john how you doing i'm doing great thanks for having me ramping up to the season and uh and what a way to kick off a season michigan in the big house you are uh, excited to to make that trip on saturday y- you know i am excited it's um you know we, we scheduled this game four years ago and and obviously it's a uh, it's a payday that will help uh stabilize finances which you know we need um I can can honestly say I probably had buyer's remorse just a little bit. Uh, you, you know, it'd have been nice to open with a, a FCS opponent to, you know, get the guys some experience. But you know, talking to the guys on the team, I, I've heard if I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times. You know, once in a lifetime experience, they're going to be able to tell their grandkids about this. You know, being able to play in a venue like that. Uh, I think it is a great opportunity for visibility, and I know the Pirates will go up and compete. I was on a podcast last night with a, a Michigan fan, uh, whatever, and, and they said, what's the ECU fan perspective on this game? And and I kind of started with the fans are excited because, you know, going to the big house is kind of a college football fan bucket list item. And I remember LRB four years ago, whatever, when it was scheduled, people already started making plans and getting tickets and should have a great pirate contingency there on Saturday. Yeah, what we've uh, through us, we've sold, you know, 2000 plus tickets. We've got a plane of donors going up the day of the game. It, it, it It's going to be a, a really good day for ECU. Um and I'm looking forward to it. What is the financial windfall for East Carolina? What, what, what does East Carolina get paid to play at Michigan, and then what does that money go towards? Well, it's it's um it's a 1.8 million guarantee, and it'll 
you know, it'll go to departmental operating budget. Like it'll go to, you know, support, uh, you know, everything we're doing. It, and, you know, obviously we're going to continue to invest in our football program. And, you, you know, we've made invest in, investments and will continue to make investments. And obviously those funds go to help stabilize all of that. The 1.8 guaranteed, is, does it mean East Carolina can get more? Or is that that's, that's based no, on other circumstances? No, no, it's it's 1.8. And, and we'll spend... You know, when we go to a game like that, just ballpark, we're going to spend one hundred and fifty and hundred seventy five thousand just in getting there and back. You know, when you look at, um, you know, a, a plane full of players and staff, it is a small army. They're all staying in the hotel and they're all eating three meals a Absolutely. day, and it, it's not cheap. Uh, and, and so we'll spend a little bit of that to get there and back. Absolutely. When you look at uh, getting a payday for a game like this, for, or versus having a home game, you mentioned versus the FCS opponents. How, how do you balance out the, the the pros and cons to everything? Well, I think in scheduling, you know, everybody has an opinion on scheduling. Absolutely. And I think you have to balance. I think it is good for us to play these types of games. I'm not sure that I'd want to play one every year. You know, when you play these games, look, look, the the finances are one thing, and they're really important, and I'm not discounting that. But typically when you play these games, you're a significant underdog. And you want to make sure at the end of the day – at ECU, it is a really important for us to be bowl eligible, number one. Uh, we want to play for championships, so we want to win our league, which, you know, we'll talk le- realignment later uh, today. Uh, ultimately, you want to get in the playoff. You, you know, if you win your league uh, and have a competitive record, we, we want to be in the playoff, U- ultimately, is what I want to see. And you just have to be real careful with scheduling on that because, you know, if you look at a host number of teams and I could pull up the schedules and and, and show you, you know, there's some teams that I would tell you, hey, after about the fourth week, they're they're done based on who they scheduled. And so there is a fine balance with it. You want to schedule games that everybody wants to see and go to. Uh, but you also need to schedule games that you know will, will help propel you into conference play as well. Is 1.8 million kind of the number? Like, like, hey, look, when you do games like this in the future, is that is that kind of like, hey, look, that's where we are? Versus, like, wh- how much money does East Carolina make on a home game? Well, I, I think when you look at these games and you look at the landscape in college football, they're they're only. I, I would call it maybe one hand. So let's call it five schools. There there might be six that would pay that kind of money for a guarantee game. You know, Ohio State, Michigan, um, and Michigan, and then the rest of them are in the uh, SEC. No one else is paying that that uh, kind of game guarantee. And and so uh, again, you want to be careful with them uh, that that you don't over schedule. But but I want to have. I want to have good, fun games that that everybody enjoys and is looking forward to. You mentioned the, the playoff a moment ago, and access to the playoff has been almost impossible. Though Cincinnati showed it was possible to get there from the American, so it's expanding to twelve. And the format for twenty four and twenty five right now is the highest conference rated conference champion out of the 
are we calling it the group of five whatever we're calling it uh has access to that playoff but it sounds like there's talks of maybe that changing are how much are you following those talks in the future of the playoff and what it's going to look like and who has a chance to actually get into that playoff well just to back up a little bit in front of that i i think when people talk about realignment and what realignment is looking like i think the end game is making sure you have access to the playoff and so right now, in fact, the conference uh, commissioners uh, are meeting today in uh, Dallas uh, to talk through that. You know, right now it's six and six. Mm-hmm. So uh, six automatic qualifiers, six at large. I think ultimately what will happen is it's probably going to end up a five and seven because, you know, we, we don't know with 100% certainty, but it certainly looks like the Pac-12 – uh, after next year will be um th- they may still be around and alive but they're probably not going to be an automatic qualifier at that point but it would still give us an opportunity again using the group of five term that fifth spot would be for the highest rated group of five school and so um i'm excited that we we clearly have a path yeah. uh to the playoff uh, and it certainly is feasible for a school from uh, the American Athletic Conference to, to be in the playoff. Back looking at uh, future scheduling, I saw you had an open slot in 2025, 2026, and, and 2028, and then two slots in, I think, 2029. And then kind of when you get to the 2030s, it's kind of wide open. With all the uncertainty right now with conference realignment and everything, are you aggressive in is is how is all athletic directors how how aggressive or are they just like hey maybe or is everything on hold or are you i mean what's the deal with with scheduling future games is 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 there things in the works right now that you're going to be releasing and talking about soon well we we are certainly looking and being aggressive in scheduling games and you, you know i still believe in regional matchups because they're good for everybody and and i'm not saying we won't you know go play somebody out west if it's a, if it's a really good game and makes a lot of sense but there is a lot of good football in in our region um and, and so i do want to focus you know when we do you know let's say we play a power five game and uh then we're going to play let's call it a group of five game at home a group of five game on the road and then probably an fcs game is kind of the formula next year we should have had byu coming in and byu this was an old contract and in their contract it said if if we get into a league we can move the game without penalty and so they needed to push the game from next year to 25, which put us in a lurch with who was available. And it was, you know, New Mexico State, Utah State, and Liberty. And we ended up, you know, from a proximity standpoint, it didn't make sense. It was going to be a road game because we already had six home games. It didn't make sense for us to go on the road to New Mexico State or Utah State. So, uh, we did Liberty, and then Liberty will come back to Greenville. Ultimately, you'd like to have a Power 5 game next year, but due to that contract and, and timing, um, but but those games are important, and, and I look at it almost every day. 
uh, because things change. Um, you know, you get a development here and there. This team wants to move the game from week two to week four. You know, then you go, hey, if we're going to move it, what about if we just move it all together? Like, let's push it back so I can, you know, you know, change the schedule some. So we've got a few time, a few games where we need to schedule some FBS opponents, and then we have a few years where FCS. But but ultimately, you know, we do want to schedule good games. State and Wake are on future <clears throat> schedules. Uh, any conversations with Duke or Carolina, and any future conversations with with State and Wake? They're obviously teams in the state, and of course Appalachian too. They're a team that's on the schedule this year. Yeah, I think the Appalachian series um, is a really good series. I don't love the current contract we're in uh, because. You know, we're basically we had to go to Charlotte, and now we're going to Boone back to back. But we're going to reap the benefit. They're going to come to Greenville twice. I really prefer the hey, we'll come to your place, you come to ours. Let's rotate. But I think the App Series is a good series. They're a really good football team. Good, good history. It makes sense. Uh, so that that's certainly a series I would be interested in extending into the future. What about the ACC teams? Are they? You know, uh, would love to play them. Uh, you know, w- certainly there's got to be want to on the other side. And um, there's still a lot of hesitation. There, is is there, what I'm getting. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think really short of political action, I, I don't see them wanting to come back to Greenville. Now they'll play us at their place, right? So but, they're back to the stance of come here, but yeah. we're not coming back to Greenville. And again, I go back to, and and you can say, oh, let's do a two for one. Okay, that means you're going to their place twice. You're going to be a underdog twice. You're not going to benefit financially from that, and they're going to come to your place one time. I'm not saying we won't ever do those. We may have to you know, get in a position where at some point we look at it I am not a fan of those. Um, I, I just think it puts your team at a disadvantage two years in a row. Uh, tough, you know, it's just a tough situation. What about having seven home games versus keeping it at six and six? If you if you have an opportunity where you already have, like on those open slots, you already have two home games, you know you're going to have four conference games. Like you start searching to try to make it balance out or do you go, hey, maybe we get another FCS, you know, try to get more wins or yeah. it would be the, uh, the goal of it. Well, I, I'm not opposed to seven home games as long as, you know, we got caught in a quandary last year with four home games. In a row. I It if i can help it i will never ever do that and we we got stuck it wasn't it wasn't necessarily our non-conference schedule it was in that year it was every school had scheduled the first four weeks of the year non-conference wise the only other school that had not done that was navy typically there are two or three teams that if you look at their schedule in the non-conference, they have a game late in the year that's a non-conference game. And so what happens is on the conference schedule, they're going down one, you know, week one, two, three, four. Okay, everybody is scheduled the first four weeks of the season in non-conference. Our conference play is going to begin in the fifth week of the season. But what happens is, let's say in week two, that there are two teams that have not scheduled a non-conference game in week two. 
you are forcing the conference to pit you against one each uh, against one another in week two and so i do love the first four weeks to schedule non-conference because it, i feel like i have a little better control of what happens to us in the conference schedule when when you have to play a non-conference game late in the season it, it you're going to get matched up with whoever's available uh in the conference i'd heard uh, east carolina was maybe looking to to play a week zero game this year um and and i know we had scheduled marshall for a week zero game during the covid year but um how about week zero is that uh, what are the i guess advantages disadvantages and, and were you trying to get one of those for this year well the, there are I did look at it. Um, you know, I saw with, uh, you know, open the game at a Michigan, and obviously you're going to start a bunch of young players yeah. that haven't, you know, good players, but just haven't had the game experience. And so I did inquire about playing a week zero game, but was told by the um, football oversight committee that those waivers were not being approved. Like it had to be a special circumstance. Yeah. And, and so if you'll remember during COVID, we did get a waiver to play Marshall in week zero because it was the 50th anniversary of the plane crash game. And, and so I think you can get the waiver in, in that regard. They really weren't, didn't have the appetite to approve them. So once I started to to get that feedback, I backed off. There's been some crazy, crazy, I guess, and unique ideas. They played a football game at Bristol Speedway. They, you know, they just played in Ireland, and you know, we played in Charlotte before. Do you get phone calls from venues or teams saying, "Hey, let's let's put together something to do something a little unique"? You, you know, yes. Uh, and I was at Tennessee when we did the Bristol game with Virginia Tech. One of the neater things that um, I've been involved with. We had a hundred fifty six thousand people. It's a big money at, maker too, right? It it was uh, it was a good day. Yeah, uh, financially. All, uh, certainly in favor of those what what i don't want to do is i don't want to move a game out of you know and i'm just picking charlotte because it's the closest city i don't want to move a game out of greenville north carolina and move it to charlotte um if it's a home good game for east carolina like i don't think that is fair to the local businesses it's not fair to the community um you know, now occasionally, if the opportunity presents itself where we have a open game or an open week and pick the year, let's just say it's 26, and there's going to be an opponent, and you know, they're not interested in coming to Greenville, but they would play us in Charlotte, certainly open for that type of discussion. But a game that's scheduled for Greenville, North Carolina, I really do not want to move. Ellery, uh, you want to get a break in? Yeah, we'll take a quick time out. Uh, I want to talk about what to expect for the home opener against Marshall next Saturday. A lot of new things uh, and, and some cool things coming up, so we'll talk about that. Of course, we'll get to a little realignment chatter at some point during the hour. And get your questions in. We'll do a rapid fire with ECU Athletics Director John Gilbert before he gets, gets out of here on this Wednesday. A lot more to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. You're listening.
listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. And there's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, we're going uh, wall-to-wall college football tonight. A little NFL. I guess that's sports trivia at AJ McMurphy's, but all football questions tonight should be a lot of fun coming up eight o'clock at AJ's. We're talking to East Carolina Athletics Director John Gilbert. Pirates on the road to start the 2023 season at Michigan and then home for a big one against the Marshall Thundering Herd. And uh, this was all laid out on ecpirates.com if people want to read about it. But now you can hear John talk about it. A lot of, a lot of new things, a lot of uh, changes and um, a lot of folks excited about some of these changes. One thing that I saw a lot of chatter on, John, is Dowdy Ficklin going cashless. So uh, that means 100% cashless. Bring that, your card. That's correct. Okay. And, you know, I am excited. We we transitioned from uh, Aramark to the Aramark Sports Division, the group that uh, runs all the, the big stadiums in the country. And, t- you know, we obviously had our challenges with concessions uh early in the the year last year and you know based on the data pretty convinced that we can move people through quickly uh going to a cashless system and the other thing that's exciting is we're going from you know i think 120 something points of sale to like 300 And, and, and so you, you should be able to get your item and get back to your seat pretty quickly and you know the 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 cashless transaction will will certainly re, uh increase the speed of service are the systems like uh, credit cards have gotten a lot faster with doing the tap system and stuff like that is that going to be part of the cashless process you know i don't i need to i'll, I'll check okay uh, i haven't actually looked at the system and sometimes uh, i mean i've been in multiple places sometimes you have to insert sometimes you can tap yeah. right away but i mean if you do tap it does go a lot faster which is when you're at a, improving the fan experience getting back to your seat is obviously one of the most important things yeah absolutely and and so uh we we knew uh that we had to get better in that area and and i do feel like based on what i'm hearing from aramark uh that they're they're going to be prepared what are some of the things you're excited about for that that are new at the stadium this year that are going to help the fan experiences that will decrease the emails you get on sunday and monday well well i think it starts with concessions we we've got to be better there than than what we've been in the past and uh, I, I think all the things that Airmark's doing will be a good thing. We, we've got Charlie's Kid Zone, so an improved Kid Zone area uh, that that I think is going to be very well received, probably by parents, but more than uh, the kids. Even though the kids are going to enjoy it, mom and dad's going to like it uh, there as well. Um, you know, the 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 overall tailgating experience will continue to be a staple uh at east carolina 
and and just excited about you know getting back to to playing some football ryan robinson was in here a few weeks ago he talked about the success y'all are having with the premium areas and that he, he said they look daily at other premium opportunities uh, what are some other premium ideas that you would like to see in dowdy ficklin stadium for the fans of maybe transforming areas that uh, could create more revenue for you yeah well well we we've talked and batted around about having like some end zone uh you know experiences some some boxes down there but but until we sell williams clark club and we're pretty close we've got probably a hundred or less than a hundred in williams clark club maybe the most we've sold there um so so encouraged about that i want to make sure that you don't overextend yourselves because you know the more inventory we add it cannibalizes you from other areas you know you're pulling people from other areas to come to that different area and and so i want to make sure that what we have we're doing at a very high level it seems like in sports venues concourse areas and gathering places where you're kind of like at a live sports bar kind of like minor league baseball in a way are are popular i think ryan mentioned maybe doing some stuff in the upper deck could be yeah potential of making it more of like a a standing fan zone you know well i think in the upper deck you could potentially build some loges we're not there yet um but but i think there's some areas up there that we're gonna have to get creative on uh lrb you mentioned the pirate radio football kickoff party coming up on thursday night and all the proceeds going to the jeff charles scholarship fund and uh, this will be uh, the first season without the voice in a long long time and john uh what plans do you have to to honor jeff charles this year at uh at football games well, well i am excited about the marshall game we, we've got a lot going on for that game uh n- number one obviously we know the history of of ecu and marshall uh, we, we do have people from 1970, both ECU and Marshall, that we're going to recognize at that game. Obviously, that'll be the first home game that, that Jeff Charles will, will not be in the uh, radio booth. And so we're going to have an event the night before to kind of celebrate Jeff uh, with uh, his family and, and uh, friends. And then we're going to recognize uh, Debbie and, and family will be out uh, prior to the game for the coin toss and and we'll recognize uh jeff before we we kick off so uh, a lot going on for the marshall game and and uh, excited about uh you know that game and and what it means for both ecu and marshall fan bases game day is certainly going to feel different be different yeah. uh i know when we get started on saturday jeff was such a big part of what we did here at uh, pirate radio just a great friend just a great person and the ultimate professional for ecu so i i think it was great that we you know teamed up with the ecu advancement able to do the scholarship you guys doing the stuff uh always will be just a just a legend of uh for 35 years when someone that's that's what every pirate fan really only known for so long so the only uh, constants yes i think i think it's uh cool what you guys are doing for the voice well well he he certainly is worthy and uh has meant so much to the ecu fan base over the years and um you know tragic what happened uh last february but I, I do think we're going to be able to celebrate Jeff and have celebrated Jeff in a meaningful way. And uh, speaking of which, uh, we were joined by Jim Zoki a couple weeks ago. Boy, if you had to add somebody last minute, what an ad. Uh, great guy, and I've enjoyed hearing him on the Panthers radio network. And he uh, he said he's going to honor Jeff, but at the same time be him and not try to be Jeff. And I think that's all he can do, but excited to uh, to hear Jim Zoki. Well, I, I think certainly Jim is a professional. He's got 
you know uh, a ton of experience uh he is uh a, a really good um you know he's a professional yeah and, and we're fortunate to have him and you know as we went through that process and, and i told jim this you, you know we're we're not looking for the next jeff charles that that is you know that chapter uh is, is over and we're going to celebrate the heck out of jeff but you know i've reiterated who, whoever's in the booth they need to be their own person and kind of carve their own path and uh you know those things take time it's not it's not something that happens overnight uh but but excited about who we have in the booth to start football season ecu ag john gilbert our special guest in the pirate radio studio we talk scheduling that's always a popular topic uh uniforms really popular too we're hearing new gold uniforms new black uniforms and maybe new powder purple uniforms (laughs) i don't know about that one just uh are you hearing any of that just go yes 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 or (laughs) no 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 Uh, so so the the I, I think this summer there was some chatter about gold uniforms and and what what happens is we're an Adidas school and we've got a great apartment uh, a partnership with Adidas but every year Adidas typically will come in in like September October and you will do your order for the following year and and so what happens is they rotate the schools so i'm just picking a random adidas school look like last year it could have been louisville so all the product that they come in and show us all has the louisville logo on it and could be red or black and and so there are all kinds of options within those schemes well this year it's ecu so as as uh, adidas goes to louisville and miami and you know all the other uh adidas schools there'll be ecu product that they'll be looking at so i can't wait for the guys at state to look at our uh, <laughs> as, as, as they pick out what they're going to wear so that's a no comment on uh new uniforms this year no or, no, uh, no 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 uh we, we've got our same uh you know same uniforms that we've had okay so last year we added the uh the white or the purple no oh white, the uh, the, the modern white, throwbacks yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. throwbacks so uh, no no new uniforms right now uh how about tickets john any uh well first of all where are the the season tickets at right what we're we're still just a little bit below uh fifteen thousand. i think we're maybe 200 tickets away what was the last uh time i checked that was on monday um I want to get over 15,000, and and it's really important because as we put that out, if if you had to take, again, I'm using the group of five term, if you you took the group of five schools and we all had to put out what we actually sold season ticket-wise, ECU's probably in the top five, maybe top three. So we've got to continue to be a leader in, in that area. Uh, when when you couple nine or ten thousand students that come to the game, that is very healthy. It looks great on TV, and people see that. And, and so, when you look at the decisions are made around the country, and and I'm really happy with the league that we're in. But I also know, like you, you know, 
the better you are and the more competitive, the more opportunities come your way. The more people see us in a competitive environment, the better off it is for ECU. Well, you look at the teams that have moved on to other conferences. One, they've been successful at winning and winning championships in our league. Cincinnati, UCF, they, they've done well and excelled, but uh, they, they've also have built up their fan bases too. I mean, Cincinnati and UCF hadn't always been these, these packed houses that uh, you, you now see on television at their games. No, certainly not. And and they've certainly given the pathway forward for expansion. And that is, you know, make investments in football men, and men's basketball uh, and win. And, and all those things will, will kind of, you know, come with it. You mentioned uh, East Carolina in the top three and selling season tickets and stuff. You had a press conference a few weeks ago. You mentioned that East Carolina shows well on ESPN Plus. Is that similar numbers? How does East Carolina rank when you say to other to to our conference members and to the group of five? Where does East Carolina? You say we have really good stats for ESPN Plus. Yeah, we're in the upper third uh, when you look at that, and and I'm looking at everything broad based. Uh, we, we draw and show very well, and uh, they like that. And, and it's probably a little bit why, uh, you know, Michigan or the Big Ten Network is putting that game on Peacock. Uh, that means some ECU people are going to have to buy Peacock if they want to watch it, at least for a month. And they, they know that we've, we've got a lot of people that will do that drawing eyeballs to the digital is that's going to be big towards you think uh the future of conference expansion what 100 because it's you know it, it's a double-edged sword you know greg pierce and his crew they put on a unbelievable production but it can get frustrating at times like you know you'll flip on a, a baseball game or i'll be at the baseball game and there'll be you know a thousand people watching the game or a thousand people in the stands and two thousand watching it right uh, all in pitt county and uh you'd almost like to hey we're gonna do an nfl blackout (laughs) don't do do that (laughs) the the only way you can watch it is to come to the game but but they see those numbers as well right like like espn sees those numbers and they want they want the pirates to do well because more eyeballs will will look at it John Gilbert joining us. Let's take another break. We'll come back. We'll talk some realignment and get to your questions on Facebook, YouTube, uh, we'll uh, Twitter as well, and pass those along to John. A lot more to go with John Gilbert. Hour one, Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, When you combine State Farm Home and Auto Insurance, you save an average of $889. State Farm Agent Timothy Sawyer is ready to help you combine home and auto and save right here in Greenville. Call 439-0002. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm and Timothy Sawyer is there. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Still got one more segment to go here with ECU Athletics Director John Gilbert. Pirates and Wolverines in the big house coming up at noon. Our pregame coverage begins 8 a.m. right here on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. And uh, we'll get to the online questions and a lot of those LRB are regarding a topic we were going to hit anyway, realignment, which is... uh, ever-changing and uh and and always a topic and john i guess uh i don't know what what's the the latest you're Today. hearing what Today. is the, the <laughs> chatter well you know what's going on well I, you know obviously the the next domino to to fall would be a vote from the acc mm-hmm. of whether to accept cal stanford and smu and and really what's happening is contractually ESPN would pay a pro rata share for those three schools. Stanford and Cal, you know, by all accounts have agreed to take a reduced amount. Let's say it's 30%. And SMU, no, you know, no revenue share. What do you think of that? Well, you know, I would think ESPN's not real happy with that for for this. You, you know, the intent when you do something like that is you're going to add a new team that brings value to the league and brings value to ESPN, not we're, we're going to take all this money because contractually you're required to pay us a share and we're going to give them reduced money but spread it out to the existing members. I don't really think that is the intent of uh the the language in that you know realignment has gotten uh it's out of control and doesn't make a lot of sense for um you know i I like to use this uh, a lot when we're we're making decisions or, or talking about things you know if you had to put a sixth grader in front of me and i had to you know do some common sense things with a sixth grader you know teams from that are really you know close to the pacific ocean playing teams that are really close to the atlantic ocean they they don't make a lot of sense and we're in the the, we're in the era of things are not making a lot of sense and people are making decisions uh, because they're not wanting to get left behind And, and again back to the earlier discussion we have this is all playing along the lines of the expanded playoff people wanting to get you know more of those uh at large bids which mean more money um but but it's a it's a disappointing uh thing to follow right now in my opinion can the american and east carolina make more money if they add schools i don't i'm not sure that we can make more money uh and you know i don't know enough to answer the question because everybody asks hey if if we could take these schools are you taking them and and i think you know what 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 doesn't make sense to me that i don't i can't get my head around you know the money's marginal like if it's not like a brinks truck is backing up to Menji's coliseum and they're going to dump loads of cash on it in any cash would be marginal i i look at the student athlete experience and you know for those out there that are saying hey we you know the the money could work it, it'd be great 
I'm not discounting that there isn't some benefit, but but what I'd like you to do is is go to go to whatever website you choose, and I want you to book a flight to go to uh, Washington State and Pullman, Washington, or Corvallis and in Oregon State, and you're you're going to play on uh, you know friday saturday sunday and you got to get back to class on monday i want you to tell me what the connections look like and how long that travel is and and i've looked it it is it, it it's not a you know four or five hour uh travel it's it's more like 21 um when you count there and back and so it, it's complicated i, I want to do what's best for our conference and i want to do what's best uh, but ultimately, you, all, you almost have to vote like, yes, if ESPN says we're going to take you from nine million to 13 million. That's why we, how we got into this. I, no, right? I, like it, Everybody's voting. Yes, it's like ESP, it's ESPN's really the commissioner that everybody's kind of like, well, uh, how much more money? Yeah. And, and, and I would defend ESPN in this regard. Some of their contractual language says if we add a new school, there is a, you know, you pay a full pro rata share for these schools that language is not in the aac so there's no guarantee that you know espn would pay a full pro rata share it does say that in the acc and that's why you're seeing them have the discussion all right you want to get to you got any more before we move on to the online questions ellery yeah we can go to the, uh, the one other thing i wanted to get an indoor practice facility update you, yeah you, you've mentioned several times at your press conference and i've heard you that uh, you want to try to get to what is it 20 million by the end of the year yeah i'd love to get to 20 million we're right around 15 now we've got you know we've had some significant six-figure commitments over the last week 10 days uh, that I feel obviously very excited about, but we, we've got to close about $5 million uh, between now and December, and I think it would help you know, get us to, to move to where we're going. And if you get that done, then what's the next step after that? You would need how much more money before you uh, well, could well, break ground? Well, I, I, we, we would get, you know, we're still in the design phase. So, we, you know, we would be trending towards uh, a final number. Now, b- based on what other schools have done and looking at their buildings, I'm, you know, I'm relatively confident that it's going to be in that 22 to 25 range. So we're going to be really close. We just, you know, we need to get to 20 and and then see where we are. Will East Carolina have an indoor practice facility built by the end of 2025, two years from now? Uh, uh, Certainly, I think that's possible. Uh, But but we got to make the finances work. You'll get to the, uh, I want to hold some time. I know we had a ton of people chime in. Clip yeah, we'll go fire. rapid fire real quick. Russ um, has a question. How do you get students and fans to stay the whole length of home games? Uh, maybe discounts in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter raffles. Uh, you know, it's uh, that's not an ECU problem. That's kind of a problem in a lot of places. I, I, I think if uh, we could coordinate with all the establishments downtown that they're not going to open until uh, <laughs> an hour or two after the ECU game that i think we could get students to stay because it does look we've got great student turnout like um 
I am thrilled with how many students come to a football game. Now they don't always stay. What what aggravates me is I hear I hear too many stories of students coming to pregame and then when the game kicks off they go home and take a nap so they can go out after the game. Welcome to ECU. And and uh <laughs> I, I think if we can uh buck that trend for a few, but man, we, we averaged just under ten thousand students for football last year. Um that that is there are a lot of big time programs that would love to have that happen yeah. i'm in the minority john i want ecu basketball to succeed more than any other sport i hey, love hoops. I, I feel i feel good about where our program is uh i'm i'm thrilled with coach schwartz and our staff and our student athletes returning we've got seven of our top scorers returning we've added some great pieces uh to the puzzle I feel, you know, I don't want to put any expectations on on this team, but I feel really good about what our chances are. I was uh, very impressed and pleased with the students running out for basketball last year and expecting even more this year. Yeah, really and, and with our with our schedule, you know, we get South Carolina at home, we get yeah. Wilmington at home, which will be a good good attended game, and, and then we get the Gators at a neutral site. So uh, good scheduling. Josh has a question: Are the trailers in Elmhurst permanent? Uh, and how about the tailgate? areas out there uh elmhurst will be reconfigured slightly those uh you know portables will be there uh i you know i don't know the length but i anticipate them being there a while but we're going to make accommodations to make sure everything still works all right um you know do some public schedule talking any conference or school you would love to do a home and home with anybody stand out well i i like uh again i like regional games that make sense i i would be interested uh in app you know further down the road like we play them again i can't remember off the top of my head we play them we play them this year and next year, and then I think we play them again in like 25 or 26. Uh, I'd be interested in that one. Coastal Carolina is another one that's yeah. close that makes a lot of sense. They've had a competitive program. You, you know, games like that, you have to play a group of five home and a group of five away game. So so it makes sense to play those types of teams uh, for that. John asking, how is the money paid out to schools in the AAC from UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and exit fees? The, the, those exit fees are paid over time. So they have, you know, several years to pay them off. They go into the reserve fund, and then they're distributed back to the membership. What is the exit fee right now? If East Carolina were, if, if we got invited to the Big 12 or it, the SEC or whatever, yeah, what would de- the exit fee be? It depends on the timing of it. I, I I would say it's somewhere between 17 and 25 million depending on how much notice you give uh let's see carolina east beach volleyball says would love to know how support how to support plans to bring beach volleyball to ecu it's literally the fastest growing sport in the ncaa ecu should be a part of it um i would say you know if they're interested in that uh send me a check and don't fill it out and i'll fill it out for you there all you right go. beach volleyball coming your you way blank do. check on the way uh tommy's always asking about this tv market stuff uh what has east carolina done to lobby to get greenville added to the raleigh tv market how about tv markets john and, and you know i i don't really spend a whole lot of time on tv markets um you know i go back to our viewership numbers who we know is actually watching the games and investing in football to be competitive that that is going to be our pathway that was a big talking point lrb kind of in the early days of realignment now with plus and all this other stuff is that maybe moved down it it, it 
we don't really talk about it when we're yeah. when we're talking about it as a league as realignment and different things i i have never i i mean in the last two years it, well even i'd go back to when uconn left us I, I don't ever remember us having a discussion about TV market. Like when Rutgers was added to the Big Ten back uh, yeah. then, if that was today, in I Maryland. think they bypass Rug. Yeah, they don't look at that stuff. You got the anymore, New York probably. market, you got I, the D.C. market. That yeah. used to be the That leading, was a big thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm going back to my time in the SEC. Back then, when they, they did the SEC network, they were doing it based on the number of cable boxes in the state. So, like, they added Texas A&M knowing everybody in the state of Texas would buy the SEC network. Mm. Same thing with Missouri with, uh, you know, St. Louis and Kansas City. What are some of the one or top two needs in the ECU athletic department, like, right now in the next three to six months and then in the next 12 to 18 months? Well, uh, you know, funding is still, you know, really important. The the more uh, operating budget that we can get, the more things we can do for our sports programs. I'd put the indoor facility at one. We need to close that project out. That project will benefit every student athlete at ECU, even those that play indoors. Uh, they'll be able to train and condition in there. Um you know, our outdoor sports, you know, baseball, softball, soccer, lacrosse, track, they'll all be able to run in there. That That is uh, project number one. I got two questions. Uh, did Mike Houston give you like a super secret depth chart that only you have? That- uh, he did. He Man. Did. did you bring it, it pays with to you? be the AD. <laughs> he did. Uh, I, you know, I, I, do, um, I do ask him about where we are on certain players but i promised i would not reveal i know so you won't tell us who the starting quarterback will be on I, saturday i i will not <laughs> <laughs> how often do you talk to mike houston uh i i mean daily uh, you know there might be a day here and there that we don't talk uh but if we if we don't talk directly it's usually either text or a phone call but but pretty often clip you got your second question um i asked to the quarterback and the depth chart and the secret uh, i do have another one oh, is it your birthday uh it is today's your birthday it is and you yeah. came to spend it with us i did oh, yeah. wow where does this rank for birthday gifts in uh, your life it's, it's right at the top <laughs> yeah, right. you know uh I, I was hoping shirley was going to play notorious big for me but she didn't <laughs> wow maybe, you got you got to get your request in yeah, earlier maybe uh, it would have kicked us off youtube so. maybe on the way uh on the way out can we but, make this day like an annual tradition you always come sure, down on your birthday sure. we'll, we'll come in on a sunday if we have to you know F- 55 years old today shirley let's do it 55 double <laughs> nickel we got one more yeah. online question yeah uh rudy uh chimed in want to know when you're coming back to f3 you know uh i had a little neck issue for a while i i don't know i need to give it a try i'm i've been lifting weights a bunch and have we can been, tell but have been a little uh i haven't been lifting that much um but i've been a little careful about what i do just uh as you get older, you start breaking down. And well, I 55 make, now. I mean, yeah. you, you got to keep an eye on that. Yeah, I'm so. going to get my AARP card here pretty soon. <laughs> well, come back out to F3. You're always welcome. John, yeah, thanks thank for you. joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Go Pirates. All right, we'll uh, take a time out as we go to break. Shirley, it was all a dream. I, no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that for John Gilbert. Here I used to yet. read Word Up magazine. <laughs> thank you. Uh, we'll take a break. Ja, Ellerby, I'm going to head to practice. Yes. You're going to take care of the Aaron McMahon interview. We'll get to know 
uh, these Michigan Wolverines. If he was Vince McMahon's like other son, I'd have John stay and we try to hit him up for some money for the indoor practice with, facility. With different but, spelling. but he's not. Yeah. Different yeah. spelling. Different yeah. spelling of the last name. Uh, so we'll talk some Michigan football in hour number two. Also, Wager McGee breaking down week one. A lot more to go. Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Down on Main Street, Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go. Join Down on Main Street every Wednesday for half price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Jonathan. All right. Thank you, Shirley. Welcome back into the program. Jonathan Ellerby here. Clip Rock off the East Carolina football practice. Follow us on our social media for the latest news and notes as we get you ready for East Carolina, Michigan coming up Saturday at noon. Our coverage will begin bright and early, 8 a.m. with the four-hour Bud Light pregame tailgate. Clip Brock, Jason Nichols, Marcus Crandall will all be in studio. We'll get you ready for ECU Michigan for four straight hours. And right after the game, it'll be the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. When the fourth quarter ends, we'll be taking your phone calls. Hey, thanks to uh, John Gilbert, East Carolina Athletic Director, joining us in the first hour. Lots of great news and notes. Uh, talked about that East Carolina-Michigan game, indoor practice facility, scheduling, so much more. Be sure you go listen to the archive if you get a chance. And happy birthday to East Carolina Athletic Director John Gilbert, sharing some time with us on his 55th birthday. Let's go out to the Pirate Radio Live Line now and get a little more news and information on these Michigan Wolverines, the number two team in the country. Aaron McMahon joins us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. He is from the Ann Arbor News and MLive.com. Aaron, thanks for spending some time with us today. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Good to be with you. East Carolina, Michigan. uh, East Carolina fans are excited about uh, the first ever trip to the big house. Uh, What's the vibe? What's the uh, news and notes going on right now with the uh, Wolverines as uh, they're getting ready for the Pirates in their first game of the season? Yeah, it's been a real distracting offseason, I guess you could say, for the Michigan Wolverines. You know, they're they're coming off back-to-back Big Ten championships, college football playoff appearances, but you're paying attention to the news, you really wouldn't know that. You know, Jim Harbaugh, their coach, has been in the headlines quite a bit the last couple of months. They've had some off-the-field issues with coaches and, and just hires and everything else. So it's been a real distracting summer. Um, I, I think fans here in Ann Arbor are ready for football, and I think I certainly think they're looking forward to Saturday. How about the team? How, how distracted do you think the team is uh, right now? Is, is that affecting – do you think that will have any effect on their play on Saturday? Yeah, if you ask the players, they they tell they tell us they're not distracted at all. They haven't really been paying attention. They've obviously they know what's going on behind the scenes with their head coach and and some of their assistants and everything else. But um, I I just think the talent level and the experience experience uh, level of this team I think is is as good as Jim Harbaugh's had since he's gotten here. So I I, I don't think they've been too bothered by it all. Um, I, I think they're ready to you know play some football. I think they're ready to go up against some players that are in the maze and blue. So I, I think they're just eager to play a game. I, I think many of us are here. 
Um, and so I, I don't think it's going to affect them much at all. Is the, the Michigan football program and, and culture is, is that good right now that you can remove your head coach and offensive coordinator and you feel like uh, you really wouldn't know a difference unless you knew? Yeah, that, that's going to sum it up. You know, I, I think the way Jim Harbaugh has kind of built this program the last, you know, really uh, two years, I, I, I think they're kind of focused on, on, on winning it all. And that's something they talked about this offseason. You know, they, they uh, a couple of years ago when things weren't going great here, the, the goal was obviously in the Big Ten and beat Ohio State, but they've kind of moved past that now. I and mean, they've been able to do that the last two. Um, now it's about winning a national championship. And they, and they realize, and they've talked about it this week, that, you know, they can't win a national championship unless they win Saturday. So I really, you know, it's cliche and you hear it a lot, but I, I do think they're really focused on winning one week at a time. Uh, not letting anything trip them up. And look, this is a Michigan program in the past, many years ago, that they've been susceptible to big upsets. And obviously, many of these players maybe weren't even born or, or really aware. But as many folks down there probably know, I mean, Michigan is with you know that that a memorable loss to Appalachian State. They have lost Toledo in the preseason. So I, I, I think when it comes to a preseason slate, I, I don't think they're ready to look past any of these teams because they realize one loss could certainly. Uh, you know, be a major, uh, you know, uh, effect on their, on their year. Is uh, the Michigan team, w- w- do they even talk about East Carolina or is it just all about Michigan right now? That's a good question because we were joking in the media contingent the other day that, you know, this week has been so kind of distracting. And Jim Harbaugh spoke on Monday and, you know, half his press conference was devoted to him lobbying for revenue sharing for players. The other half was him taking questions about the suspensions and everything. So he may have gotten one question, if that, about East Carolina. Uh, a couple of the players have gotten a few this week, but there hasn't been a lot of talk. And again, it just goes to show, I think, of just the, the grandeur expectations and then obviously the off-the-field issues going on here. There's a lot of roster turnover on the East Carolina team. Uh, are, are there any concerns uh, at, for Michigan at all when they when they look at East Carolina, or is there just so much unknown that they, they don't they don't really care and they're just focused on themselves? Yeah, I think it's more of the unknown. You know, we spoke to a couple of the assistants today, and, and you know they we they did we did get a few questions in about East Carolina, and that, look, they they acknowledge that you got you know that they're changing a quarterback, uh, new running back, a couple new receivers. So I I think they realize they don't have a lot of tape to go off of, um, but they they kind of know what East Carolina brings to the table. They know that they're going to try and throw the ball. They're going to try and be a hyper efficient offense. And, and I think Michigan going into this game realizes, look, they can't they can't you know stub their toe early. Uh, and, and give East Carolina any uh, any momentum because I, I think that was what what would help turn this game into a game that otherwise probably should be won if you ask the Michigan folks. I mean, as as you guys know, probably down there the point spreads I think up to thirty six and a half at this point. I think most folks are expecting Michigan to come in and and dominate, and that's probably what's going to happen. But. Once you, once you give an inch and you let a team in, you never know what's going to happen. Aaron McMahon, our special guest from MLive.com, Ann Arbor News. Uh, Aaron, what what would happen to happen for, for East Carolina to pull an upset or, or, or have Michigan on their heels in the first half? Yeah, I think they're going to have to force some turnovers, right? I think they're going to have to hold on to the football and, and put some points on the board early. You know, put, Mich- put Michigan's back against the wall, so to speak. That was something... They really didn't face it all last year. Michigan dominated the time of possession. They liked to run, they ran the football at will. They controlled the, the clock, and that's kind of their mo offensively. If they can do that, they're going to they're going to eventually smother you. Um, yet when they got in the college football playoff last December against the TCU team, really Michigan kind of blew that game on their own. They had a couple of uh, interceptions that were returned to the front of the house. They had a, a fumble on the goal line. They really kind of affected themselves. So I, I, as long as Michigan doesn't um, you know, uh, turn the ball over and make a ton of mistakes. 
Um, it, I think it's going to be really difficult for East Carolina. Is there a weakness on this Michigan team? Is, is there something that East Carolina can slightly expose to give them advantage? Yeah, and there, there's kind of a couple question marks, really one on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, we've heard all offseason that Michigan wants to try and throw the ball more this year. Problem is, they don't have a ton of experience at receiver. They got a couple of returning guys in Cornelius Johns and Roman Wilson. Other than that, there isn't really an experience in the three guys. In fact, Michigan's coaching staff is talking about playing a, a group of two freshmen. So I'm really curious to see how Michigan throws the ball, if they're able to do it, and how effective they're going to be. And then on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of question marks in the secondary. Uh, they've got a couple of returning starters at safety, but they're banged up and may not play on Saturday. Uh, and then they got a hole at, at quarterback. Uh, that they they haven't been able to fill yet. They got a lot of inexperience there too. So I, I think if East Carolina can can get outside, throw the football to the edges, and kind of move down the field, that may put it may put some pressure on the Michigan secondary. Because I'm really curious to see how they hold up against the pass. A lot of talk around JJ McCarthy. Uh, how good is he? Yeah, I mean he's probably the best quarterback to come through here, at least certainly during Jim Harbaugh's tenure. Uh, former five star kid, um, he can really make all the throws. Uh, timing was an issue last year with the receivers, and I'm a little curious to see how that goes this year. But truth be told, I mean, as we all know, Michigan didn't really like throwing the ball much last year. Uh, they, they ran the ball like over 60% of the time. A lot of time was spent on the ground, so I don't think they gave him the J.J. McCarthy the, I guess the leeway or the, the, the space to kind of get get acclimated and throw the ball. So I'm expecting Michigan to try and air it out a little bit more here early in the season, the non-conference schedule. Um, but he's got a talented arm. I mean, we, we saw him in his first year and back in 2021 uh, and make cross, uh, you know, cross field throws. Uh, he can, he can evade pressure and make, make, you know, accurate throws on the run. He's really everything you want in a quarterback. And, and he's got legs too. He, he can get outside the pocket, pick up a first down as needed too. How much influence does Jim Harbaugh have on this game? Or is he kind of like, guys, you got this. I'm, I'm going to watch it from afar and, and see what you do. Or is he going to hand them a, uh, a folder and say, hey, Stick to this. Don't 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 veer off of it. Yeah, to Jim Harbaugh's credit, he, he's really kind of been hands off the last couple of years. You know, when he first got to Michigan, he was a primary play caller. He kind of dictated what was going to happen offensively. Uh, a couple of years ago, he kind of he, he ditched that. Yeah, yes, he has his say over the you know the approach and the strategy and everything else. But um, they got their offensive play callers. Uh, last year, they leaned on a couple of different uh, assistant coaches. So he, he is around this week. He is still allowed to, to be at practice and in meetings and everything else. Just not going to be there on game day Saturday. So, you know, as Greg Schiano said at Big Ten Media Days last month, when I asked him about this situation, he, uh, you know, he doesn't expect much of a change here for Michigan. He still expects us to be a, a very much a Jim Harbaugh-looking team. I don't expect Michigan to deviate a whole lot different from what we've seen in previous years. Um, just because he isn't there. What is, what are the rules with Jim Harbaugh? Can he be at the stadium? Does he have to be off campus at his house? I mean, and where is he going to be? As he said, yeah, you know, it's funny. We yeah, we asked him about that Monday. He's not allowed on campus, so he will not be in the building. He will not be at Michigan Stadium. And, and he didn't really. When we asked him Monday, he didn't know what he was going to do. In fact, he said his uh, his twelve year old son had a little league football game scheduled for Saturday, so he he doesn't know if he's going to be able to stomach watching the game not being there. So he fa- in fact maybe uh, maybe at his son's little league game. But maybe maybe make an appearance on college game day. Just go do some media stuff and I guess do some recruiting for Michigan and maybe hype up the game. I saw a news report that. Uh, this is the first time Michigan has opened up on really a non-television channel since like 1995. What's been the reaction to the uh, Peacock broadcast from uh, the Michigan faithful? 
Yeah, it's been mixed. It's probably the best way to describe it. I think you get a lot of the older folks who aren't familiar with the technology and streaming and everything else. Because you're right, this game is only going to be on Peacock streaming platform, which is owned by NBC. Uh, it's part of the Big Ten's new TV package that they signed last summer. Seven years, seven billion dollars. Uh, that puts the games on Fox, CBS, and then NBC, and along with that, Peacock. So this is the first game for Michigan on a on a, a different network, I guess you could say, so to speak. Uh, some, some folks are happy about it. Uh, the younger folks are obviously are acclimated. They know what to do. So I'm real curious to see how it goes. Uh, Michigan, the, the last time Michigan kind of debuted a new, uh, new platform was 2007 when uh, the Big Ten Network launched and uh, Michigan lost to a team by the name of Appalachian State. Aaron McMahon, our special guest, uh, the Ann Arbor News, MLive.com. Do, do Michigan fans still talk about that Appalachian State game, or is that uh, like buried deep somewhere uh, in Ann Arbor? Yeah, probably reluctantly when some outsiders bring it up. But yeah, it's certainly not something they like. Uh, they like remembering. Ironically, East Carolina's third game of the year is against Appalachian State, so uh, I'm sure they would love to trade stories about how they beat Michigan, if possible. Uh, you mentioned, uh, uh, you called kind of the, the preseason kind of East Carolina game coming up there this weekend. Are, are Michigan fans excited about uh, the start of uh, this football season, or they, does it take till October before they get serious about what this team's going to do? No, I, I think they're excited. You know, I, I think any sort of football is, is I think, uh, welcomed here. Um, you know, it's been a long summer. And it's, uh, the fall is about ready to get here. Um, for those for those East Carolina fans traveling Ann Arbor, you'll see the uh, tailgates will be out in full force. Folks will be ready to go. I, I know they're expecting, you know, well over 110,000 folks in the game. So it, it's going to be, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's going to be a hyped atmosphere. I think folks are going to be excited. Yeah, John Gilbert was in the studio in hour one. Uh, the East Carolina athletic director said East Carolina, over two thousand fans are, are expected to be in, in purple and gold for the for the Pirates up there. What time do things get started? Noon kickoff uh, in Michigan. What uh, what can those Pirate fans expect uh, when they arrive at the Big House, and where should they go? Yeah, things will be going hot and heavy probably you know by eight a.m. Uh, the, the the University of Michigan golf course actually sits right across the street from the stadium. It's it's a huge tailgating spot. That's where a lot of fans like to go. A lot of season ticket ticket holders park there. Um, you know, there, there's really, I tell people this all the time, there's really two areas of Ann Arbor to check out. There's the downtown area on Main Street, which kind of connects the stadium. That's where a lot of the higher-end restaurants are, the steakhouse and everything else. And then you've got South University Avenue, which is kind of the heart of the college campus. A lot of the, camp, the college bars are there, and you get the, you know, you get the better pizza and everything else. East Carolina, Michigan, this Saturday noon. Eric McMahon, Aaron McMahon will be there. Uh, what, what are you expecting to see uh, when the things kick off at noon? Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I, I think Michigan probably wins this running away. I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a sl- if, if they're slow out of the gate. Um, they've they've got some kind of figuring out to do along the offensive line. As I mentioned, there's question marks at receiver. Uh, I, I do think they're going to probably split carries at running back between uh, Blake Corm and Davin Edwards, their two primary backs. So I think you got a lot of figuring out to do. And then on top of it, as you mentioned, they've got a brand new play caller. Uh, in, in, in Kurt Campbell, former analyst who was just added to the staff this year because Michigan's offensive coordinator was suspended for this game. So there's a lot of moving pieces in this game, a lot of uh, weird things going on. I think some unfamiliar uh, positions for some folks. So I, 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 it wouldn't shock me if it takes Michigan a little bit to get going, but I think by the end of it, they're probably going to run away with, with the win. Aaron, uh, people going to the big house or people watching on uh, the Peacock Network, uh, I know the, the big house has just gone under some renovations. Uh, any any traditions or game day stuff that uh, folks should be uh, looking out for uh, for the first time uh, watching an East Carolina-Michigan game? 
Yeah, the band will be out there pregame, as, as I think as, as the case in most schools. Um, Michigan Marching Band does a great job. They, they, there are two brand-new scoreboards that are actually – uh, that just went up this summer on the north and south end zones. Uh, we're told they're one of the best, one of the biggest in the country, uh, 4D uh, or four, uh, you know, four, you know, the best best picture quality, 4K LED, everything else. Yeah, apparently new sound systems going in as well. So this is certainly a more modernized big house than, than maybe some folks who had been there before. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be a big, it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and uh, I think the weather's supposed to be nice too. I think a little warm. I think they're talking about 85 and sunny. Um, but it beats some of the games they've had, they had last November when it was close to zero and, and windy and everything else. A lot of people have been asking me that are going to the game, and uh, you probably know better than anybody. Uh, what's it like when 110,000 people show up and finally get to one spot? Is, is the traffic insane getting in and out of the stadium before and after games? Yeah, it can be. I, I guess it depends on how quick, how early you get there, right? I, I think if you're there in town by 8 or 9 o'clock, you're fine. Um, there, there are plenty of parking decks uh, right downtown, immediate, you know, within, within a mile walking distance. So you, you should be able to find parking, no problem. And, and surprisingly, some folks who will find that the big house maybe isn't as loud as you would expect for 110,000 people. If there's one criticism of Michigan Stadium, it's just how quiet it can be. Now, part of it is some of because of their older fan base and they just aren't as rowdy. Uh, but the, the the sound tends to escape out of the top, so it's an interesting environment. You're crammed in there at the stadium. Maybe if you're on the field, it doesn't seem like it's just, it holds 110,000 people. Uh, but they do do a good job of cramming people in there, and it does get loud. I mean, the students will get loud, and um, you know they have a lot of fun too. Aaron, appreciate your time today. Uh, we'll see you up in Ann Arbor this weekend, and uh, we'll see if East Carolina can shock the world, or if your prediction becomes true that Michigan runs away with it uh, pretty easy in the second half. Uh, only time will tell. We'll know a lot more about uh, this time on Saturday, but uh, certainly appreciate your time today, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. No problem. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the game. Aaron McMahon from Ann Arbor News and MLive.com giving you an inside peek of the Michigan Wolverines, East Carolina, Michigan this Saturday. Once again, our game day coverage getting underway at 8 o'clock Saturday morning. The Bud Light pregame tailgate starting bright and early, 8 a.m. Jason Nichols, Marcus Crandall will be here, Brian Bailey. We'll have reports live from Ann Arbor. All the news and notes you'll need to get to before you watch the Peacock Channel uh, streaming network on at noon and then right after. When the fourth quarter ends, it's the legendary U.S cellular fifth quarter call-in show we'll be taking your phone calls on the program jason nichols marcus crandall will be in here with clip brock we'll have a a lot of fun taking your phone calls for our 21st season as the voice of the pirate nation i'll tell you what we'll take a time out when we come back chandler's going to take over for a little bit shirley's going to give us our fleet feet rundown a lot of folks have uh you know some people made nfl rosters on yesterday during cut day. Some people have made practice squad today. Shirley's going to give you a a quick rundown of our Pirates in the Pros coming up on the Fleet Feet Rundown. Chandler will also uh, get you up to speed with Clips Interview with Wager McGee. You got some bets for this weekend, week one? Want to try to make some money with Wager and Clip? Tune in and stick with us. And then uh, coming up in hour number three, we'll have a complete recap of East Carolina football practice. You'll hear from Mike Houston players and so much more. A lot more Pirate Radio Live when we go on right after this. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Go. 
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Down on Main Street, Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go. Join Down on Main Street every Wednesday for half-price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thinking about takeout tonight? Familia can make everything real easy for you with a great selection of Italian food and more. Visit FamiliaNC.com to see the full menu featuring pizzas, pastas, salads, and homemade desserts. Place your order online or call 689-6330 and Familia will have your order ready in their convenient drive through window for pickup. Finish up a busy day with a great dinner for yourself or your family from Familia. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to the show and our third host of the day. Here's Chandler Honeycutt. The champ is here. Oh, jeez. The champ is here. Oh. Man. You know what? You're right, Joey. We need to get a hold of HR. We need an HR department. His head I can't fit through the door you. now. <laughs> I mean, look, I love sitting in this chair sometimes. I, and I'm proud of you, man. Because the, the legend, the GOAT, Clip Brock's usually in this chair. Recently, formerly known as Carolina Radio, Radio legend. legend. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, but great to be here with you. Thanks for tuning in to Pirate Radio Live. Thanks, Shirley, uh, for introducing me. Uh, got Joey here on uh, video production. Appreciate it, appreciate um, it. So i got a lot coming up uh, later on in this hour, but uh, we do have, we'll talk some gambling clip, talk to uh, Wager McGee. We'll have that interview interview for you shortly. But first, we do want to bring up the Fleet Feet Rundown. So if you can put that graphic up on the screen, Joey, and let's talk about the Fleet Feet Rundown. And uh, so, hey, Pirate Nation, be sure you have the best and comfortable shoes this tailgating season with a stop at Fleet Feet. Locally owned and operated by ECU alum Chris Lunyon, Fleet Feet of Greenville provides solutions through one-on-one service to runners, walkers, and everyone in, in between. Fleet Feet has the tools and technology to get you in the right shoe, including a 3D foot scanner that measures arc height, width, and more. So go see them at 207 East Arlington Boulevard in the old Gordon's Golf location. Fleet Feet they run for you. So, as Jonathan mentioned, as we were going to break uh, in the last segment, there was some news about former Pirates making the team. Uh, we had some news about former Pirates being waived, being released. And today, we have some good news regarding regarding some former Pirates, Shirley. So, uh, can you update the people on who has made some practice squads today? Okay, well, obviously, we we all know who made the 53-man squads from uh, yesterday. Of course, Keaton Mitchell uh, with the Ravens, um, uh, Jaquan McMillan. Uh, a shock. A, a shock. Uh, he was uh, added to the roster for the Broncos, which is uh, huge for him because he was on the practice squad last year, did get to uh, see some playing time last year, um, but uh, he is officially on the 53-man roster. And Deontay Smith who uh, plays for the Bengals, he is on the 53-man roster. So those are the ones that are in practice squad signings. Um, today, uh, players got waived. Yesterday, they had the opportunity to sign with uh, practice squads. Um, uh, Holt Naylor's, of course, uh, was signed to the Seahawks practice squad. Um, let's see who else, because uh, my brain is... Uh, all jumbled up today. Ryan Jones, uh, he was released by the uh, Giants yesterday, but he was re-signed on uh, the practice squad. And then uh, J.H. Rose product, uh, Cornell Powell, was yeah. released by the Chiefs yesterday, but he did re-sign with the Chiefs to uh, be on their practice squad. So that's good news for him. 
and uh, the remaining two that were waived yesterday that we are still waiting for any kind of news has been Blake Prohl and Isaiah Winstead. So right now the rumor is when Blake Prohl got uh, released yesterday, or waived I should say, uh, because there is a difference between being released and being waived. Um, When uh, Blake Prohl got waived yesterday, Adam Thielen's wife, now Adam Thielen plays for the Panthers. Yes. Or signed with the Panthers. Adam Thielen's wife actually posted, I guess that's what we're calling it now instead of tweeted yeah um posted that um that the panthers should go and get blake prohl now there is a connection there obviously with adam thielen being a former viking blake prohl did uh was on the practice squad with the vikings until he hurt his knee last year um so there's a connection there but also because of the carolina panthers you know his dad ricky prohl um had connections with the panthers so there is a rumor floating I, i wouldn't say a rumor so much as um you know, there has been people that would uh, be very interested to see Blake go to the Panthers. So we're going to keep a close eye on that, see if anything pops up on that. Have not seen anything about Isaiah Winstead uh, today. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, there's still a chance he could get signed by somebody. But right now, um, he is not with a team. Uh, so we're, we're, we'll see what happens in the next uh, 24 hours. But as of right now, Isaiah does not have a team and is not on a practice squad as of yet. Yeah, and Blake, you talk, you talk about Blake Pro a while ago. He also did grow up. He was born in Greensboro, but he grew up in Charlotte. He went to Providence Day, uh, or excuse me, Providence High School. Um, and I, he was born just around the time that uh, his dad was uh, catching balls for the Carolina Panthers. Um, so, yeah, l- waiting for Blake Prohl news and Isaiah Winstead news. And, man, I really hope that Isaiah Winstead ends up somewhere. I really think he can. I think he showed enough in the preseason this year uh, to catch the eyes of a NFL franchise. So, um, Yeah, especially considering that, you know, he did spend, uh, you know, a, a lot of Vikings fans are like, you know, well, if he wouldn't spend so much on his so much time on his singing career, maybe he I would make the team. Well, first of all, he was recovering from an ACL tear. So yeah. Let's let's uh, let's put out the facts here. Yeah. You know, he was recovering from give that. Give him the facts. Yeah, Charlie. give him. I'll give you the facts. Straight hey, facts. put that up there on the Fleet Feet rundown. <laughs> I'm giving you the facts. He was recovering from an ACL tear, and singing is something he has always loved to do. And during the COVID times when nobody was playing football, you know, he found, uh, you know, that his uh, – way to spend his time was through music so why not do that and hey that might be something he can fall back on if for some reason the nfl does not work out for him so and there's other options out there you have the usfl you have the xfl you have the cfl the nfl is not the end-all be-all i mean granted that's just about every kid who plays football uh that's the dream is to play in the nfl but there are other options out there so uh just because he you know gets uh uh, waived by a team does not mean that his football career is over so and and the same goes for isaiah winstead as well so uh we'll just keep an eye out and, and hopefully keep our fingers crossed that uh, something comes their way all right shirley thanks for that fleet feet rundown and the update on some former pirates and the pros so uh before we get to gambling talk with wager mcgee uh, I do want to go down the list here. Steve Hill has some audio bites he wants to listen to. So, Shirley, you ready? Uh-oh, hold on. Give me a second. I got to get back to my page. because Sorry. I was, okay, all uh, right, go I ahead. Apologize. Go ahead. Clipper! Go Gator. Oh, God. Go Gator. He messed up the rotation. Uh, burglary. Uh, a burglary. A burglary. A burglary. A burglary. A burglary. 
Berkeley. I'm a former long snapper. Oh, yeah. I'm a former long snapper. It's two little butt cheeks. It's two little butt I, cheeks. I want me some glory hole. I want me some glory hole. And that is it. Oh, really? That was it? That's Usually it. he has a whole line of them. I know. Uh, but he hit the... Uh, old khaki pants. Old khaki pants. I got a little taco meat on my chest. No, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Um, was, yeah, but those are some... It was bit. in the men's section. It was in the men's section. So, <laughs> thanks, Steve Hill, for that. Thanks for keeping Shirley on her toes. So, all right. Um, I'm going to be having to drive up to Virginia over the weekend um, to put some bets in. Can't wait till January when I don't have to do that anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, but going to Virginia, can't wait to do some betting on some college football this weekend. If you're worried about or want to know who you should bet on, you need to talk to Wager McGee. And that's exactly what Clip Brock did. He talked to Wager McGee earlier today. Let's hear that conversation now. All right, let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live line. Week one is here, and we're going to break it down with Wager McGee. Wager, how you doing, man? I'm good, Clip. How are you? I'm doing all right. First question, did you win anything week zero? Because I didn't. <laughs> Uh, Notre Dame side, uh, when we got in over Hawaii, um, All right. there was some, there was some in running like LaTeX second half and things like that. But yeah, dogs are, uh, dogs were kind of the leader and we were on the wrong side of some conference USA, uh, favorites there. All right. Well, let's get into week one before we dive into what you really like. And, and let me say this off the top. Wager does his research. For anybody that's heard Wager McGee on Pirate Radio over the years, you know that he dives into it more than anybody. But at the end of the day, people listening to shows, watching shows, all they want is winners, and they don't care how you get there. So if you give them a winner, that's great. They don't care about the explanation you gave. If you give them a loser, it's just a giant waste of time as to why you came to that loser. So I say that, Wager... I, I'm sorry if that's harsh, but I would like to maximize our time and get in everything we can rather than, you know, break down FAU and Florida Baptist for five minutes. Okay. <laughs> Look, hey, perfect answer. Perfect response. I'm going to try. try. <laughs> you know, I, I thought some people might want some explanations yes some is fine um and give me a couple bullet points that'd be great on each game have to do we don't have to do any we can just say it and then see i knew you were going to do this i would do the same thing you did if somebody said to me what i said to you i would turn into the guy you're going to turn into and be resentful (laughs) and be a jerk so i get it i'm asking for it I got eight pages of notes. <laughs> As you know, I've got notes on every single game. Well, I didn't do I didn't do cause I don't normally cover FBS versus FCS in week one. Uh, rare occasions have we done that, um, so I did not cover those. But all right, um, we we can go by game by game, and I can just throw out a name. Well, first let me let, let me ask you some some quick. I'll try to make them yes or no questions, but very quick questions regarding games this weekend. Um, can ECU stay within 36 points of Michigan? Yes, I think so. Okay. All right. I like to hear that. If I can expand just a little bit. You know, no, well, no Harbaugh and no offensive coordinator, right? Okay. And All right. I know that I saw something about the guy that's in charge wants to throw it a little bit as well, but. Uh, they haven't been a great home favorite. They're already they were overvalued at the end of last year. 
you know, once they started getting to beat Michigan and the expectations, they were only two and three against the spread. And they're only seven, seven and one against the spread the last three years as a home favorite. And ECU is eight and two as a road dog the last three years. And I think they'll, even though there's questions on that side, I think they, you know, this is a big motivating thing for them to be that big of a dog. So, yeah. All right. Question two, can uh, UTSA win on the road at Houston outright? I I think UTSA is almost going to, all year long, is going to be as overvalued as a Michigan is. And, mm. and they're they're ranked like that, but they're all of a sudden, they're a team that everybody knows, right? Yeah, I wish they were a dog in this game. It makes me nervous to take them as a favorite. Yeah, I, I think Tulane. I think Tulane's the same way. I think Tulane could get upset, like, straight up. I love USA. They're looking at, they're looking, oh, we all love USA. <laughs> USA. Um but uh, they're looking at the Ole Miss, too. I mean, I think that's a bigger game. And, unfortunately, they've got a really bad opponent that, um, you know, if UCLA, UCLA kicked the field goal as time expired last year, 15-point favorite just to win that game out there, 32-31 against USA. And this is a better USA version than that. So, All right. Um, uh, and I wanted to hit that game, and we just hit 2-1. and one. You're really catching on here, Wager. Good stuff. I know uh, I'm talking too much, so I'm sorry, but <laughs> we're giving, it's, it's, your show is supposed to be entertaining too, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be you giving winners. That's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, wager, is LSU a value at minus two and a half? Like They're going to win that game, right? I think they are. That's the thing. I like both of it as much as. Both of those teams probably are overvalued going into the year. I really like both of those teams this year. Um, it may be a little bit more, you know. I I do. I agree. Yeah, it'd be as short as I can. I think I think LSU's got overall the better athletes, and man, that's going to be a great game. I'm I'm glad that that is a week one game. So I, whoever wins that easily. You know, kind of puts their way. FSU's got to go to Clemson. LSU's still got to beat Alabama. Um, but whoever wins that jumps into the four right away, and the quarterback probably jumps into, you know, not being the leader for the Heisman right up there next to him as well. So I, I do like LSU in that game, and it doesn't look like weather is going to be a factor, you know, with the hurricane moving through there or UCF tomorrow. I'm just bouncing around here. I picked eight games that I like for week one, four that I think are interesting matchups, and four that are just the pure curiosity factors, including. Nebraska and Matt Rule and, and Prime in Colorado and Northwestern and what they had this offseason. And uh, there was one more on the list. And maybe uh, the other one was oh, South Carolina State and Charlotte, just to see what Biff Pogey is going to do with the football team. Um, but this one was on my games to watch list. Uh, Fresno at Purdue. Coach Matt yesterday said he didn't care about a team traveling east. Not a big deal. Everybody travels these days. Uh, but that one bothers me. But how about uh, Fresno's chances to go to West Lafayette and win? I, you know, new quarterback there, obviously, and, and that's the kid from Texas that transferred card. But then Purdue, you know, is the new head coach, and, and Graham Harrell is, is he's part of the Big Ten that's opening up, right? They're going to do an air raid there and Purdue and sling it around more than what they did last year. So it's going to be a really fun, interesting game because, you know, Tedford can develop quarterbacks at, uh, at Fresno as well. I probably lean numbers so small. I, I kind of lean to the Purdue okay. uh, side at home, but it could be a fun game and, and maybe lots of points there just because both teams are going to, one's going to throw it a whole lot more 
than the other one. And then, you know, Fresno does only have four offensive starters back, so coming back from that. So there's a little bit more of an adjustment there maybe on, on their you know, from 22 to 23. Another one that stands out to me, uh, I love a bounce back. We talk about it uh, when it comes to a team or when it comes to Wager McGee. This is a wager bounce back. Um, maybe the 100-point game, you were a week early. Louisiana Tech, SMU. Can we go over on Louisiana Tech after what they did last week? I, you know, they, they had, I think it was 444 yards. But if you watch the game, as a degenerate, I know you did. Um, yeah, even though it, it, there was no chance. I watched way too much New Mexico State last week, and I will never do that again. Yeah, that was that was God, what a terrible football game. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so um, I you know what I saw La Tech do, and I know they just needed one score. Maybe they they felt like FIU couldn't score, but they really a whole fourth quarter, even as they were down. You know, they really just ran the clock all the way down to one or zero before they snapped it, and they just ran. It was very, very conservative. It was not an open offense. And, again, I think maybe that was just the game situation. If they did put up 400, I think it was 444 yards, really outdinged FIU by a whole lot. I, I like SMU in this game, and I think it's one thing there was that what I saw with LaTeX last year, last week, even if they are open, they don't have much explosiveness. They got the one kid, Smoke Harris, the wide receiver, who had the long, long uh, touchdown catch. But outside of that, I'm not sure they have a lot to pick up huge pass plays. They're going to have to do that, run the ball and short passes to be able to have sustained drives. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to do that here on the road. Um, and then also, SMU's got the number one special team, at least Phil still does things out in the AAC. Um, so could pick up some easy scores. Um, and short field, so I kind of like SMU in the conference anyway. But yeah, I don't. I don't think LaTeX bounces back and may score a little bit more. But I think SMU can put up fifty. Um, they opened last year as a ten point favorite, one forty eight to ten. And I looked; they were a favorite of ten. Lashley's first year as head coach was last year. There, they were a favorite of ten to twenty points three times last year. They were two of one against the spread, and they averaged forty four points a game in those three games. How about the Carolina versus Carolina near the border of South Carolina and North Carolina Saturday night? Tar Heels, a narrow favorite. How about that total? Is May and Rattler just going to firework us all night? I, that is the expectation. Um, you know that both are going to that both are going to sling it around to a lot of people that you know have May as you know people don't like to get back to back Heisman trophies. The same guy that people think that May. Uh, could win that if the Kent State wide receiver gets eligible. That I don't know if NCA is going to do that or not. So at least how that game ended, or those teams ended last year, you would think that it's going to be a lot of passing and tempo again, which is what I think you're going to need with the running clock. Right? Is that we saw last week? If games can still go over, because we got three overs last week, and if if there's still goals in Ireland, there's four of the seven went over. But you know. If, running clock and guys waiting until it gets down to zero to snap it, it's not going to. Um, I think this one's not going to be. I think this will be as entertaining as, as you know, LSU and FSU, probably with just more points because the defenses aren't as good as those two teams. I, I like I like taking the points in that game. So, Gamecocks plus the points. All right, that was the first part of the conversation between Clip Brock and old Wager McGee talking some gambling, college football coming up this weekend. Week one, we had week zero last week, so week one coming up. Uh, we'll have part two when we return. Stay tuned right here on Pirate Alive. We'll be right back. 
right after this. The Brunch is back. The famous brunch buffet at Fifth Street Hardware has a variety of breakfast and lunch items. It's good to see you again. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Down on Main Street, Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go. Join Down on Main Street every Wednesday for half-price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country uh, country food around. Uh, Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. And both locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol-free high-octane gas. Country Mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Chandler. Thank you, Shirley. As we were at break. Don't dilly or dally. Not dilly or dally, but I do want to break some news. According to Michael Winstead himself, the father of Isaiah Winstead, he has commented on YouTube and says that Isaiah did sign with the practice squad today. So that's positive news regarding former pirate Isaiah Winstead. So uh, let's not dilly or dally. Let's get back to the conversation with Clip and Wager McGee. Here is part two. Wager McGee joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. I, I just saw a game as you were talking and said, you know, if Old Dominion was any good at all, I would just pick them money line to beat Virginia Tech. And then I looked back at Old Dominion last year and remembered that they did beat Virginia Tech on that Friday night before the uh, uh, week one uh, on Saturday. And we also saw Old Dominion come here to East Carolina and lose to the Pirates. Uh, They only won three games last year. I don't know. Do you take is revenge? Like, Virginia Tech's just so blah. Like, I don't know. Then what are you doing with this game? I, you know, I, I'm probably, even though I, I like to bet every game, this is probably one I'm not going to bet yeah. for that reason. I don't – Old Dominion, there's not much expectations there. They're really going to be bad. Uh, but I just uh, – Virginia Tech is such an unknown as well uh, that I just don't – you know, you got to leave some games long in, in week one, roll the dice on some stuff and make some assumptions. But this one, I, I just don't even know if I can – kind of assume what Virginia Tech is going to be like for this year. I mean, Virginia's the same way. Everybody in that state, Virginia and Virginia Tech, uh, are both the same. But yeah. at least Virginia Tech's got 14 starters back, um, you know, and the quarterback's back. And so there are some positive sides that on, on that side. But, I mean, they were 3-8 and eight and 4-7 and seven against the spread last year. So Oh, I see on your notes here, Coastal Carolina plus the points at UCLA. That was on my – Intrigued. That was on my games to watch list just because of the matchup. Very unique. One team heading all the way across the country. Uh, Mac McCarthy likes UCLA this year and told me that this game will not be as close as I think it will be. But you like the uh, the shots plus the points here. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I didn't really have. <clears throat> I, I I was concerned about Coastal just with the new coaching staff, right? But McCall is there, and all the running backs and all the wide receivers are there. Um, but then UCLA announced, you know, two days ago they're going to rotate all three quarterbacks, um, which I think a lot of people find that weird. Uh, but Chip Kelly is smarter than everybody. Wager. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like they're favored by 
40 over Middle Tennessee State here. You know, it's Alabama who will do the same thing. Um, you know, they've it's a 14 point spread, and again, they had kicked field goal on the last play of the game last year's 15 point favorite, almost the same spot to beat uh, you know, USA. Um, and, you know, they're it's a true freshman and also a Kent State transfer and a kid that was there last year. So I get it. You got to before you get in there, you got to figure out what you got. Um, but rotating three quarterbacks, you know, so McCall is going to be arguably the best quarterback, and Coastal's going to have the best offense there, even though they're tweaking it. And then Chip is a bad home favorite. He's six and twelve against the spread uh, in his five years. There's a home favorite, and they're not great out of conference. They're four and nine against the spread as a non-conference favorite with him. So, um, so yeah, I, I like the fourteen and a half point. And there's no home field advantage. You know, coastal kids may be more excited about playing in the Rose Bowl than than UCLA will. I mean, what, what will there be twenty twenty five thousand people there? Maybe so. All right, there are two games up here that, that just comes down to: Do you trust Wager or not? And at this point, I I have to trust Wager. Again, he puts in the legwork, puts in the notes. He's not always right, but he's not going to steer you wrong. Um, Iowa minus twenty five. For so first, you're saying they're going to score at least twenty six points, <laughs> and over forty five. Oh my god, <laughs> this is so bad. I'm going to do it with you. <laughs> this is this one I hate so much. Like George Costanza said, that I'm starting to love it. All right, so there's that one. And then I get – I love your reasoning here. TCU minus 20 against Colorado. So apparently uh, Dion tried to take away some horn Frogs and Sonny Dykes is upset about it. So you, you're factoring that into it. So why – and TCU last year had the horseshoe. Like they – uh, they were not a very uh, – and maybe I'm wrong. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I just feel like they won a lot of games by the skin of their teeth. Um, so TCU minus 20, Iowa minus 25. Those are uncomfortable picks, uh, Wager, but why should we take them? It's, I mean, it's like betting the NFL. We talk about this all the time. You, you've got to get into that uncomfortable. You've got to feel uncomfortable because, you know, the public, right? It's the same thing we talk about public teams. Everybody jokes about Iowa, and everybody knows the Iowa. And then the for good reason. And I sent that thing to you earlier. Kirk Ferentz, you know, talked about the Utah State punter that they had a really good, a really good punter. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, you know, I'm trusting Caden McNamara, the transfer from Michigan, who's going to be their quarterback. And then they load up on some good wide receiver transfers. And I don't think Utah State going to be able to score much, if any, in this game. And I did go back and look at it. Yes. It's question. They don't score a lot of points. The last five years, Iowa has been a 21 point or more favorite six times, and they're five and one against the spread. Okay. So those aren't games they've lost. They average 35 points a game. Um, you know, there is pretty much known there that, you know, Ferentz's son, who's the offense coordinator, uh, has agreement that he's got to average 25 points a game this year or he's going to get fired. So, um, a good veteran Iowa, big Iowa team that will be able to push them around. And I think they're going to throw it, and we'll see on the wide receivers. But, um, yeah, that one is one where they're not drastically changing the offense, maybe just a little bit in focusing. TCU and the jump to that one, they played – They this is the rematch of the last year opening opening week game. They played Colorado last week and beat it – or last year opening week and beat them 38-13. I know that was – it's a bad Colorado team. This isn't a good Colorado team. This is a mess. Um, you know, they, it's, I mean, 
everything right now is just about Dion and kind of marketing promotions and then moving conferences. And, you know, they're, they brought in the, the offense coordinator from Kent State that, that instituted the flash pass offense. So you got that going on as well. And then, yeah, that's allegedly Mark Slavon, like however you say his name, said that on a, a call that, um, that you know, that Dykes just said that, that Dion tried to steal two or three of his players and hmm. wants to kind of run it up on them. So, um, I, I, TCU's only got three offensive guys back, but they, you know, they hit the portal and basically are bringing in Alabama, you know, Southwest, right? Running back Trey Sanders and wide receiver JoJo Earl and the linebacker or the offensive lineman that was from Texas to begin with. So that's a much better offense and with experience and, and deeper than maybe it looks on paper. Um, and I just think they're going to score. I think the, the quarterback's a good fit there. And I think Colorado's just going to be a mess. And defensively, they're, the, you, Kids he's bringing in our offense, so you could look at that. If they can score it all, then and the tempo they're going to run, sixty-four is not going to be a problem with these two teams. Wager McGee joining us. Wager's fade Bama campaign begins week one as he's taking Middle Tennessee plus thirty-nine against Alabama. What is this about the quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I think all that stuff about like not you know the they've been not releasing a depth chart. That's not at all about Middle Tennessee State. That's that's obviously about Texas in week two, which is who they play, right? They can coast to this one, let all the guys. Hey, you're an early line guy, Wager. What's the early line on Bama, Texas? Do you know? I, I thought I saw games of the year. Alabama was like it more than, a little bit more than a touchdown, seven, seven and a half. So you're already on the Longhorns? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Projected ones there. Um, but – you know, it, it's middle. It's a decent team. They don't have a ton. They got, they got a decent amount of guys back. You know, thirteen guys back, but only five on offense. But remember, they went to Miami last year's five point dog and won that game. Twenty five point dog. Sorry, won that game forty five thirty one. I just we talked about before. If, if this was anybody else besides Alabama, if it was just on paper, right? All three coordinators are new. Only ten starters are back. And everybody's like, oh, they're one of the best four teams in the country. They're not. They're yeah. going to lose at least two games, if not three games. They're not going to lose this one. But, you know, they've got to get all three guys play. And they got to, they don't have a running back that started for them last year. And their wide receivers are questionable. The main guy may be a Juco transfer. And their offensive coordinator is from Notre Dame. And he said all along, if he wasn't a quarterback, he'd be a pulling guard. So, uh, I mean, the running clock in this one. I think it gets. I think if Middle Tennessee can score ten to what ten fourteen, if that maybe, you know, Bama's not going to run away from them because they're just going to like run it down and get ready for Texas in week two and not show anything and not release the depth part until I guess until Saban feels like he has to. But I don't think he does it before next week. Man, this is uh, you know how college football likes to put a, a name a brand on weeks. This is like uncomfort week this is uncomfortable week this is grab the maylocks week <laughs> and i and we'll continue on with that you're betting on matt rule which betting on matt rule in college is a lot different than betting on matt rule in the nfl so yeah i i think there you know that's been a huge there you know again it's a it's a it's a division game right off the bat so that's a big deal for um for both teams right i don't think there's much difference between these two teams as far as the number of returning you know starters coming back and you know besides matt rule really they just i mean nebraska did a really good job of hitting the transfer portal um 
and I think the you know the quarterback play will be better there. But last three years, that's the dog has been three and zero against spread and two and one. All three games have been decided by a touchdown. And outside of the Ohio State quarterback situation, which they're going to rotate guys this week too, Minnesota running back is the biggest you know issue and position's got to be filled in the Big Ten because you know Ibrahim had seventeen hundred yards and twenty touchdowns. They'll throw somebody else in there, but you know, that's a team. Fleck just is going to love this running clock and running the ball, and I just don't think they're going to get out from you know in front of a whole lot of other teams. And you know everybody else in the in in their division is kind of you know committing to the pass this year. So it'll be interesting. They may get left behind a little bit, and they're going to be a fade, I think, for me for a lot of the year. But um, you know, I, I, disadvantage here too is that. There's no game footage. Guys in week two, week three, week four are going to be able to know what Nebraska is going to do, right? But it's the offense coordinator from South Carolina that moved over to Nebraska. So, I mean, are they going to run? You know, are they going to run South Carolina offense? And it's Jeff Sims, who we both, I know, really like, the kid that was at Georgia Tech, his quarterback. So that's a really good, mobile, athletic, throw-in quarterback that's been in some tough situations, and they pulled some upsets there, even though Tech struggled. Yeah, I mean, seven and a half, sure. All right. I'll take that. I mean, I think it, it, it feels like that should be a three, you know, home field advantage, maybe two and a half, three point game. So I just think you based off of what Nebraska has been. We are out of time. Other games on wagers notes Northern Illinois plus nine against BC. Likes the Huskies. Likes the uh, other Huskies. UConn plus 14 and a half against NC State. Cal minus seven and a half or eight. Uh, he said that. Uh, that's another uncomfortable game. Uh, Texas A&M minus a lot. Baylor minus a lot in their games. Army minus nine and a half. Uh, Wager and UCF minus a lot as well. Uh, just to recap our bullet points, you, you're taking the Pirates uh, against Michigan, correct? Yeah. All right, plus the points. Uh, your other uh, favorites of the week, what, what what are your top three to five that we talked about? Uh I think USA and Nebraska as dogs. Okay. All three of those. I tried to go dogs. I think those two even. Are you sprinkling? Coastal. The Coastal and the NIU. And I think those, I feel really good about the team. We got rain coming in, Wager. Are you sprinkling in those? Are you doing a little sprinkling? On which ones? On all those. On all those dogs. Are you sprinkling some money lines? Uh, yes. On the first two, for sure, South Alabama and Nebraska. I might a little bit on coastal <laughs> um all right it may be niu i mean <laughs> look it doesn't take much to talk wager into sprinkling <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely the first two yeah all four yeah all yeah, 64 all four <laughs> you have a 25 year old quarterback you have to sprinkle on them every all right that's, that's niu there so uh and bc is, is said the same way they're like alabama they're gonna go back to the run they're gonna stop throwing in as much and go back to the boring run game so Again, I, th- I think those games are, you know, keep an eye on them. They'll keep getting closer than they should if they're right. committed to running clock. Wager, next week we'll uh, we'll sprinkle in some NFL. I feel like we went at a pretty good pace today, so thank you for that. And and I'll let you spit out some of your notes and trends and facts. I, I, are you okay with what we did today? Yeah, I could. I can probably stop talking more and we could get through you know 50 games a week if you wanted to <laughs> uh well we're gonna have to add some nfl so we'll uh, we'll see what we can do uh but man i really enjoy these chats thank you for joining us good luck this weekend hey let's just have a crazy awesome season this season 
Let's do it. Let's, let's start out winning here in uh, week one. Forget about uh, all those week zero dogs and unders that were ugly. All right. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. We might, uh, might might text you and see if you're available to join us for a segment on the Bud Light pregame tailgate on Saturdays. But maybe we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I, 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 I think I want to be a part of the fifth quarter calls <laughs> or something. All right. Yeah, you're in. You're in. All right. Talk to you next week, Wager. All right, thanks, Cliff. All right, that was Clip Brock and Wager McGee talking gambling. I am ready to make my trip up to Virginia and place some bets on some college football this weekend. It's back. College football is back. Week one coming up this weekend. Let's take a break. Uh, Clip Brock is back, so I'll give him back his host chair. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Russell's Clothing in downtown Washington has everything you need for game day or any other day for men and women. Whether it's dress, casual, or even a formal occasion, Russell's has you covered. Russell's has served Eastern North Carolina and beyond for 40 years with quality clothing and personal service. Russell's Clothing on Main Street in downtown Washington. Pirates supporting pirates. Now, back to the show. You, you talk right here. Talk right, right there. Right here? Yeah. All right. Don't, don't touch the mic like that. Okay. Don't, I don't like when you just come in here and... Okay. All right. You talk right there. Uh, test. Test. All right. A little louder. Test. All right. There you go. All right, welcome back into Pirate Radio Live. Got a guest with me, Shirley Rhodes, Joey, and the Clipper is back from football practice, the press conference, you're where y'all talk to. You want to shake my hand? Um, Clip Brock is here. Y'all just got back from the football press conference. You talked to Mike Houston. You talked to the coordinators. And so um, we're going to hear a little bit of Mike Houston right now. So any thoughts? Of, what did you take away from that? Any thoughts of what I took away from it? Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Let me. That's a tough one to answer. Well, hurry up. We got serious, a quick man. segment. We've got a seriously good season working. Uh, <laughs> uh, my thoughts are: I was a little worried when Mike Houston answered my first question with three words, but uh, he oh, got a little got a little more out of him after that. So uh, I, I don't know how to do this, but uh, roll the tape. All right, let's hear Mike Houston. You got Wednesday practice in the books. Um, Really, really pleased with the way the kids practiced the last two days, especially today. I mean, we had a great Tuesday practice. Obviously, we had some adversity today with some of the uh, weather coming in here, so we had, you know, switched schedules up and, you know, didn't uh, things were a lot out of order. But I thought the kids handled it with great maturity um, and really had a very energetic practice. Uh, you know, really, I feel like we got two solid days in. Uh, you know which game week you know you want to be trending in the right direction so you know really pleased with the last two days um you know as we head into thursday not a lot of tape on uh either of your quarterback uh, on your quarterback's coach is that an advantage do you have kind of the element of surprise maybe against michigan i don't know we'll find out saturday Friday and what's kind of the set schedule for the weekend? Um, so we'll walk through here Friday morning. 
head to the airport and leave just after lunch, uh, get up to Ann Arbor, uh, head over to the stadium uh, as soon as we get off the plane. And so uh, still get to the hotel about 5 o'clock. So we'll have our normal Friday night. And then, you know, 12 o'clock kickoff, and it's going to be a fast Saturday morning. So, uh, you know, we'll be back in Greenville, you know, for a you know, late dinner. So uh, it's going to be a quick weekend. Who are the leaders you're counting on week one? Who are some of the guys that are going to rally the team in the locker room? Well, I think, you know, the experienced guys that we do have that, uh, you know, have been, you know, players on the field the last couple of years will be the guys that will be, you know, the most comfortable going into Saturday. I mean, they're, they're not going to be phased by, you know, anything because they've played in a lot of big ball games. So, you know, Jeremy Lewis, uh, Rajay Harris, um, you know, Josiah Hatfield, uh, Elijah Morris, you know, Tay, Tay Johnson, um, you know, a lot of those guys, Jack Powers, you know, Julius Wood, you know, all the, all those guys that everybody knows their name, they're going to be, they're going to be the guys that, uh, you know, will be, you know, very vocal pregame and very vocal on the field Saturday. You talk about some of those leaders. We talked to a few of them yesterday, some of your uh, defensive players. They seem pretty excited about getting ready to hit somebody. How have they been this week? Well, they're tired of hitting each other. That's the biggest thing. So, uh, no, they're, they're excited about the matchup. And they've worked very hard. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we've got a good group coming back on that side of the ball, and I think they're eager to go out there. You know, they, they know what they're facing. They know that they're facing what everybody calls, you know, uh, you know, the most talented team in the country and obviously a very explosive offense and NFL quarterback. Uh, and so, you know, anytime you're in that situation, you know, you want to go out there and kind of, you know, see what you're made out of. So they're, they're excited for the, uh, for the challenge. Coach, does that go to, to, the, to you guys' defensive line? I mean, a lot of talk about their offensive line. Are they looking for yeah, I mean that's that's an experienced veteran bunch up front, uh, and they're facing a, a very good bunch up front on the other side of the ball. So, uh, you know, it's I'm glad we got the numbers we have because we're going to need it. Um, but it'll be a it'll be a great challenge and a great opportunity for them to evaluate themselves. Right. It, it's a concern. Uh, I'm glad we got today and, you know, we switched the schedule up and practiced uh, immediately today. And, uh, you know, I thought the kids handled it very, very well. Um, you know, we're, we're getting ready to go in for meetings right now. And, you know, hopefully we're going to have, have some ability to get a practice in tomorrow. Uh, but obviously a Thursday practice is very important from a special teams, uh, late game situations, sharpening up your game plan. I mean, Thursday is kind of the put it all together practice. So, you know, we need to get it in somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the 8 o'clock kickoffs or the 7 o'clock kickoffs, those are, those are challenging on you mentally because you sit around all day waiting for, waiting for it to get there. So, you know, I do like some of the thing about, you know, get up and, and go play. Uh, now, the thing, we, we talked about it uh, on Tuesday, you know, the thing you got to do, though, is you got to speed up your process as far as getting yourself mentally ready to play. You know, they really, and, that, and that'll be my big focus after practice tomorrow and Friday morning is, you know, them getting mentally prepared for the game. Uh, they, they have spent a lot of time, and I mean, I mean, they're in the building a lot watching films, so they know Michigan pretty well. So it's not like they got to do 
you know, as soon as you flip the page to the opponent next week, you're going to be in a race to get prepared. But they've seen plenty of tape of Michigan, so they should be pretty ready, you know, as far as knowing their opponent-wise uh, to start really focusing on what they've got to do as far as a mental prep deal. So, uh, yeah, get up and go play on Saturday. Coach, uh, Jeremy Lewis has been a guy with the program for quite a while. I don't know if you've already spoken to him today, but just uh, can you just elaborate a little bit on how he's kind of become a leader for the defense and how you see him fit in this year? Well, you know, really proud of him. Uh, He's grown tremendously as a player and grown tremendously as a person since uh, you know since he arrived on campus. Uh, and he's certainly a he's a positive role model uh, off the field. Uh, you know, does a great job in the classroom, does a great job in the community. Uh, but he's a he's a real you know emotional leader on the field. And uh, you know, I, I said it earlier in the preseason. I was a little worried you know coming off the surgery and offseason missing the spring. But I think he's playing you know his best ball right now. And so obviously he's a big part of us defensively. And after today's practice, talking to the media, that media included Clip Brock. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out Saturday, I guess. Yeah, hey, give me a, we'll find out Saturday. I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll find out Saturday. Yeah, I uh, got some good stuff from Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell, too. And uh, see if we can have that for you before we leave today. All right, let's take a timeout and uh, let's get back on track with our break management. So uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll have more for you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Order Jersey Mike's on the mobile app and get delivery right to your home or save time and order ahead to skip the line to pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is somebody. Oh, hey there. <laughs> Jeez. How are we doing? Can't take him anywhere. Welcome back into the show, Pirate Radio Live. Chandler Honeycutt here with you, along with my crew. There's no other crew I would want to go with and weather this tropical storm, hurricane, whatever you want to call it, rather than Shirley Rhodes. The goat at audio, Joey, the goat of interns, and the Carolina. Oh my gosh! Don't let DB hear that. And Carolina (laughs) radio legend, Clip Brock. Here he's in the house. Present, present. Clip. Be honest. When you read that, you were like, "Oh yeah, I made it." Yeah, I was like, "Some guy that's never heard of me is giving me this name. I've made it." Yeah. (laughs) Um. You excited for Saturday and the Bud Light pregame tailgate? Yes, and yes. Uh. By the way, if you were wondering why there was a giant Celsius can in my face, mm-hmm. that, in is because, that is because we will be having a watch party, <laughs> and you know how we like a watch party here at Pi Radio. <laughs> Ain't no party like a watch party. Uh, Going to have a watch party for ECU Michigan, so join us. Uh, you can get our reactions to the game. We'll also have the reactions of ECU Hall of Famer Marcus Crandall yep. and former wide receiver, yep. former pirate wide receiver, and pirate coach Jason Nichols will also be along. Jay Nick. And as a salesman, I love a good sponsor. 
And that is why Celsius was in my face. Celsius is bringing us the watch party this year. So not to do a Wayne's World total sellout job here, but I have I'm not an energy drink guy. I've you are yeah. Um, never been into them, but I heard Celsius coming on board, and I've tried. I only tried one flavor, but I got some cooling in the fridge. Ooh. And it's good. It doesn't have that, like, overpowering taste, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very good, very refreshing, and uh, I'm Team Celsius. I am, too. And I can't I wait am, to chug them on Saturday. I am, too. I tried the, I think it's the Guava Kiwi one. I yes. think that was the first one we, uh, I don't we like tried. I like flavors, but it was really good. It was now really I good, do. and I was quite surprised at That's it. That's the and then, right there, Kiwi Guava. And then, today, I look in the fridge, mm-hmm. and they have... Um, grape, grape rush, grape rush. That's what I was trying to I'm think. I'm not of. a grape guy, but guess who is a grape guy when it comes to Celsius? Me. It tastes exact. If you know what a grape flavored Jolly Rancher tastes like, that's exactly what grape rush tastes like. I'm it ready. Was delicious. I'm ready to get my lips on an orange. I got some of them. Cool oh yeah, in the back. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to try that one. Yep. Now, now I'm interested in seeing what all the other flavors taste like because yeah. you know sometimes you you look at a flavor and you go, huh, well, uh, I don't know, that seems kind of you know <laughs> different. You know, grape is not always my thing. I mean, I do enjoy a grape every now and then, but I thoroughly enjoy that grape rush one. All right, Get yeah, this. I'm completely selling out for Celsius. No sugar, no preservatives. What? You and better get I, out of town. Did I and, stutter? No, no sugar, no, no preservatives. So, and Celsius I'm trying to watch party. I'm trying to break my habit of of the energy drink that I drink every morning that has loads of sugar in it. So this might be exactly what I need. So uh, Bud Light pregame tailgate yep. at eight o'clock, taking you up to kickoff mm-hmm. the Celsius watch party mm-hmm. with me, Clip Brock. Jason Nichols and Marcus Crandall for the game. And then after the game, of course, it is the most popular show, I believe, at Pirate Radio. And that is the fifth quarter. It's back. 317-1250 is the number. Do not call now. Call on Saturday around 4 o'clock. Give your thoughts on EC versus Michigan. All of that coming on Saturday. David Price Construction Countdown to kickoff. Cannot wait. God, that, that, that music just fires me up. Cannot wait. ECU Michigan coming up on Peacock. And you can watch it for the watch party. Um, Cannot wait to see that defense. Can I do a transition? Can I finish? Um, Can't wait to see that defense be flying around. That aggressive defense of Blake Harrell. Lots of blitzes, lots of stunts. Um, You were able to talk to Blake Harrell out at Town Bank Tower. Facts. And uh, let's hear that conversation with the defensive coordinator, Blake Harrell. Well, Coach, just obviously the play caller, it sounds like will change with the, the OC being suspended for the first game. So from a prep standpoint, what does that kind of do for you and your staff? Yeah, not, not much. I think uh, obviously the, the, new, the new play caller was at ODU. So you go back and look at his stuff tough a little bit in his background. And um, I think actually going back to our Lenore Ryan days, he was the offense coordinator at Alderson Broaddus when we played him back in, I think, uh, 2013. So uh, the history there goes back pretty ways. But I don't think it changes who their players are, who their identity is, or what they really want to do with the football. Um, you know, I think they're going to be who they are and who they have been over the last couple of seasons, which is pounding the football. Obviously, they, they keep talking about they want to be more balanced. I think they've been 60-40 uh, run the pass. Um, obviously, J.J. McCarthy is a really good quarterback, and they want to be more balanced 
but at the same time, they've been very successful doing what they do. So um, we prepared for, for both a little bit more passing game, but at the same time prepared to what we see on film is what we're going to get to. It's going to change much for you, the rules where the clock doesn't stop after first down. I guess if an offense team subs, you can still sub and all right. that. I mean, is there going to be any impact on your defense with the new rule? Yeah, ho- hopefully, you know, when we uh, when we get the lead, then that clock just runs fast as possible and we play as very few snaps as possible defensively. You know, I think, you know, really the big thing for us defensively we looked at is probably going to take about five snaps is what they're, they're estimating. Uh, average on, on defensively. So if you're playing an average of 64 snaps, now you're going to play about 59, more the NFL model. Um, but other than that, you know, the clock still stops inside of two minutes, pre- pretty normal there. Uh, so you might play a few less snaps a game, but uh, other than that, it's not going to have much impact defensively how we, we go about our business or how we uh, maybe call the game or affect things there. Um, but So, you know, offensively, those guys may look at it differently, but defensively, you just kind of always react to what you get anyways. A lot of talk about their line, and rightfully so. I mean, they're good, they're yeah. front, but yeah. you feel like your defensive line, especially, kind of relishes this challenge and going up against such a group of high accolades. I think our whole team does. You know, our whole team is is uh, you know excited about the opportunity. Obviously, respect respect our opponents and respect the old line and uh, the offense and who they are and what they've been able to accomplish. Uh, but they're excited for the opportunity to go play against the old line like that and play against. Uh, you know, the O-line has won the, the top O-line in the, the nation the last two seasons and uh, certainly got the dudes to do it again. And uh, But they're excited for that challenge to see where they're at and see how they match up against those guys. So, And I think that's across the board, not just their O-line, but uh, Blake Corum, Devontae Edwards, the receivers, you know, all those guys. Uh, they're excited to go play against some, you know, the best in the nation. So just see where they're at. Did maybe facing something similar last year against NC State uh, prepare you for getting after a whole line like that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, NC State was uh, came in here 13th in the country. Uh, really good football team. You know, some people had them predicted in the, in the final playoff uh, picture there. And uh, it may have been if they hadn't had injuries. And then the quarterback, you know, suffered some injuries and they had some struggles there. And the tailback we, we saw face did as well. But I think in all those scenarios, you know, those experiences prepare you for the future. Uh, whether it's NC State, whether it's Cincinnati, whether it's UCF, whoever it may be, those big ball games prepare you for big ball games like this. Obviously, uh, you know, going on the road in, in front of 100-something thousand uh, may be a little bit different, but once, they, once you kick off, uh, the field's the same size, same length, same width, all that stuff. Um, so you got to focus on your job, you know, focus on what you, what you gotta, what's important that play for you. Um, I think I've said this before, you know, if, you, if you've seen a lot, all this, you know, uh, fans, 107, 110,000, whatever it is, you see very little. Uh, but if you see little, you see a lot. And that's just, say hey, focusing on my job, my key, and playing my responsibility. Coach, obviously you can't give too much away, but with such a large offensive line, you kind of prioritize stopping the run more in practice based on your pressure defense, or is it just kind of a mix of both to stay honest? Yeah, they, they uh, you know, they do obviously do a really good job running the football. And, um, you know, got two good tailbacks to do that, a good old line to do that. Uh, so we got to have various ways to take care of the run game. And, and I think, you know, where, where they get a lot of their running yards, if you go back and watch the tape, is in the second half. They just kind of wear on people and then wear them down in the fourth quarter. And you, you'll see a 10-10 ball game. All of a sudden you look up and it's 31-10. And they just kind of wear on somebody. Somebody misses a gap. And uh, they, they have the ability to break it out and take it to the house. Uh, and so you got to have various weapons to take in. 
I don't think you can sit there and, and play them, you know, one way all game, or at least that, that's not our philosophy right now. Um, so you got multiple ways, whether it's pressure or, or your base defense to, to throw at them because uh, they're very good. I think if you just throw one thing at them, one pitch at them all day, they're probably going to hit that one out of the park. So you better have multiple pitches, and, and they better be good ones too. Julius and Tegan on the back end, what does it mean to have that experience in their second year really playing a lot together and you kind of see them communicate better, bro? Yeah, I think uh, you know Julius Wood and, and Tegan, both experienced football players, uh, started a bunch of games in, in Pirate uniforms. And uh, just the way they communicate, the way they run things in the back end, and you kind of look to those guys for their leadership, not only just to uh, get us lined up, you know, communicate back there and, and kind of run the secondary, but also just when adversity hits, those guys have been through that. And, and they kind of take charge and take pride of, hey, I've been through this. I've been battle-tested. And the other guys feed off that. You know, when Julius Woods uh, rolling, going, and Tegan Wilkes, you know, on his game, it kind of feeds. And I think you see the other 11 guys. And you see that up front, too. You know, those, those front four have had that same experience. Um, they've been battle tested. They played in big ball games, and um, you know, same same deal. They're going to recall all those experiences to pull back from. A lot of times, if you see a team pull an upset, you'll see it offensively they do a trick play or a fake here. Can can you do that on defense, or can you mix something in, or do you just kind of do what you do best, kind of thing? Yeah, I think uh, you know every week you don't want to go out there. And, and uh, show the same, same alignments as the previous week, whether it's offense, defense. I think uh, coaches and, and coordinators are too good. They'll lock in on you. Players, are, they watch too much film, they'll lock in, and you made it e- their job easy. Uh, so it may not be a trick play defense, but I think you give them some new looks that they have to adjust to throughout the game. Uh, that's kind of our, you know, throw the curveball at them, so to speak. A lot of baseball analogies today. Uh, it's because the Braves are doing really well right now. Uh, I'm assuming so. I haven't watched the game in a while, but... Uh, but that, that's kind of, you know, our, our MO is, is just kind of, hey, try to keep them off balance by changing up what we do, but still keep it simple and sound for our guys so they can go play fast, they can go play physical and, and play the brand of football that we're used to seeing. Talking to uh, T and on Media Day, and, and he said, you know, he trusts you and Mike Houston, whatever you say is true, no matter what you say. That's nice to take He also said uh, there is an open line of communication where him, Julius, guys can go to you. Can you – Kind of talk about that where they say, hey, coach, this might work better this way. What's yeah, that yeah, and I think, with, you know, we always ask those guys, what do you feel comfortable with? You know, hey, what, you know, what's – I asked my guys yesterday, like, hey, what do you, what's the most comfortable defense if you had to know, like, here's the one call we can get into and we can play any look we see, and they'll give it to you. And I think that's very important as a coach that you kind of get a, get a feel for their comfort level. Obviously, you know, you're going to put them in the best situation to be successful. Uh, but if they don't feel comfortable in it, you know, there, there's probably a reason why. Uh, maybe you're stressing them in certain situations or I just didn't have enough reps at it. So uh, I think as a coach, you know, you, you got to have the final decision. you got to take charge and, and be confident in that and, and, and make sure it's ready to go. But at the same time, you better be, be listening to your players because uh, they're the ones that got to go out there and play. You know, I have to tell them this all the time. I said, hey, the check you make uh, to, to a backfield set or to a formation set or to a receiver set, I said, ride with it. I said, if we're all wrong, we're all right. We're all on the same page. Um, and we'll all 11 play together and ride that way. So you, you guys are the ones got to line up and play it and see it. You know, I may see it one way from the box or from the sideline or from the film, um, but I'm sitting down, you know, drinking Diet Mountain Dews and eat, eating tater chips. That's pretty easy. You know, you're the ones that got, you know, just ran 40-yard dash across the field 
and I got to line up and play it again and go tackle it. You know, they're really good tailbacks and, and good receivers and stuff. So, uh, you know, be on the same page. It's called out there, and let's go play it. Be confident about it when you make that, make that call. Defensive coordinator Blake Harrell there with the media clip. P-T-B-D. Put the ball down. Put the ball down. I haven't heard that from him in a while. Uh, that fires me up. So they'll be putting the ball down and facing off against the number two team in the nation, the Michigan Wolverines, coming up on Saturday. We have you uh, ready to go at 8 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll have our Celsius watch party. And then, of course, we'll have um, the fifth quarter Collins show coming up right after the game is over. Let's take a break. Let's come back and we'll have Donnie K for you. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do not go anywhere. See you on the other side right after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, East Plumbing. Viva Electric and Rolling Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form New Blue Service Group, offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Same great local team, same great local service just a new name for plumbing electrical and hvac services go to callnewblue.com that's call blue.com new blue service group where we are redefining service excellence now let's head back into prl here's chandler thanks charlie appreciate it welcome back into pirate radio live last segment we talked to the defensive coordinator blake Harrell. let's go on the other side of the football let's talk offense with well let's talk offense with the man donnie k Let's hear his conversation with the media right now. Well, Donnie, what, what concerns you? Over, what concerns you the most about Michigan? If you can pinpoint one thing, we've never defense. Uh, they're players. Uh, they got really good players. You know, defensively, I think what they give up sixteen points a game last year. Now that was last year's team. I get that, but they got most of them returning. They they did lose some players, but you know, programs like that, they they just reload. I think they've lost what three games and two years or something like that. So they're, they're used to winning. They're used to having success. That means that uh, they're recruiting well. And, and they just have outstanding talent. I mean, they don't, they don't do anything that's so, okay, wow, you know, what, what, what scheme is that? They have good schemes. You know, Coach Minter does a great job. He's got NFL experience. They've got a lot of NFL stuff in. But you know, that's not what worries you. What worries you is their defensive line can just explode off the ball and just throw the offensive lineman down and go make the tackle. And then there's like four other guys there when they make the tackle as well. They do a nice job uh, with the interceptions. Uh, a lot of tip balls. I tell you what, you, you better not tip the ball you know, as a receiver because they do a great job of breaking on the ball and getting the turnovers and setting the offense up you know, for success. So a uh, lot, lot of concerns. Yeah, a lot of concerns. Really a lot of respect for them. You're looking for any edge you can get here. Is one of them that they haven't seen a lot of Mason Garcia, Alex Flynn, and, and this East Carolina offense in particular on film? Well, they haven't, you know, and, and so that I guess that's something maybe they're trying to research. You know, I don't know that that's a positive for us. That that means our guys haven't been playing very much. You know, it's probably better to have experience uh, like that. But, uh, you know, we're, we're looking for every way you can. We're looking for any kind of advantage. And, you know, you, you go in with a plan. Uh, that may hold true. Uh, the thing about first games, it's always 
a little crazy anyhow. You're kind of sparring at the beginning trying to figure out, you know, is that the same team? Like I say, we, we opened up with North Carolina State last year. and They had been a great defense the year before. We were expecting a really good defense, which they turned out to be. But you're still getting in there trying to figure out, have they stayed with the same scheme? Have they, have they put in new things? Have they moved people around? And usually they have, and, and they had. And I'm sure Michigan will have some new things for us as well like that. So uh, I think our guys will be excited. You know, I think that's maybe an edge. I don't know how – I mean, they'll be excited to play. They're, they're probably not – their fans are probably not thinking, wow, we're playing East Carolina. You know, whereas our fans and our players are here and, hey, y'all are going to play Michigan. This is pretty cool. Uh, so, if anything, hopefully we'll be we'll be excited. Maybe we'll be more excited than them if it's that possible. Coach, uh, we tried to get out of Coach Houston who's going to play and who's yeah. going to be here and there, and we didn't really succeed in that. So, wow, y'all are not very good at this. I mean, what the heck? Huh? Is there? How does the offense change based on your personnel? You know, the thing about, I know the, the depth chart things out there, and, of course, Michigan's not been giving out one, I guess, for years. You know, that's a hardball thing. And I know, you know, once Lord Saban comes out with something like that, then it's going to become a rule, I guess, probably, that you don't do depth charts, you know, like that. So, uh, but the game has changed so much anyhow because everybody's personnel and things now. It looks like a hockey game out there anyhow. You know, there's side changes or whatever that thing is. So, you know, we have 10 personnel, you have 11 personnel, you have 13 personnel, uh, you, you know, you have 20 personnel. But now even you have 11 Jari, you know, and you have 11 Juice. And you have, okay, I want this personnel, but I want this player in to make sure, you know, or I want to play these two guys, though they may be listed at the same position. Because, you know, you're a guard, you're a forward, you're, you're a center, you know, you get, you're an infielder, whatever you are now. It's getting more like that. You're, you're a mid-infielder, you know what I'm saying? Or you're a pitcher, but you might start, you might not start. Everybody's doing multiple things. The game has got a lot more open, a lot more basketball-like, you know, like that. A lot of guys can bring the ball down the court now, you know what I'm saying? So it really is kind of hard to make a depth chart out because you, you don't know who really deserves to be like, the starter, I guess. And I know that's a big deal. It was a big deal to me, you know, when I was playing. I, it was a big deal to your mom, I guess, probably more than, than you are like that. But now it, it, you'd say, well, who's starting the game? At, at a lot of positions, you'd say, well, where's the ball? What's the score? You know, do we have it on the minus three? You know what I'm saying? Are we starting coming out? Well, that means we're going to be in a different personnel because you got a game plan that. Do we get, did we run the kickoff back across midfield? Okay, now we're in a sudden change. Okay, the coordinator, he might be going to blitz more in that situation. All right, we're in this person. So it's getting like that. Now, you know, the quarterback thing, probably not quite to that extent. Uh, what I think, you know, and Coach is kind of saying is, you know, we know what we're going to do, and you guys know what we're going to do. Uh, we really are prepared to play three quarterbacks. And in a game like this, I'm not saying this is a game it doesn't matter, but I, I, I'm pretty sure John Gilbert got the money up front. Okay, I hope he did anyhow. I'm sure he got the, the money. Okay, so we, we can let this thing roll. You know what I'm saying? We, we can go play to win, which we're always going to play to win the game. But you'd be crazy not to, if you had a chance to do something, you know, play another guy. I mean, who knows? Why can't you play two quarterbacks in the same, same thing? Yeah, why not? You know what I'm saying? If there's a play that, that would be cool to do, this is the time to do it. You know, I don't know if it's time to do it when you're playing for the conference championship or the home opener, but this is the time to go do that. Last week you said you were 
going to get with, I guess, Coach Mogridge and kind of narrow down that offensive yeah. line. How's that going the last week? And you found a five-year convoy. I think we've probably separated up front that, that who's going to play the majority. Uh, Coach Mogridge is from the school, and, and I am too, that we'd like to play more offensive linemen. In the past four years since we've been here, it's been, do we have five today? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I still remember being at Navy, and we're coming out for the kickoff, and they're saying, hey, uh, by the way, Noah's out. And I said, he's out where? Yeah, he's out of the game. We're like, what are we going to do now? We, we, ha- we have nobody else, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we have to move the left guard over to right tackle or something like that. We have good depth now as far as numbers. Uh, the strength of our offense probably – and I've said this before, may not be in. we got some name guys. We don't have Hope Mailers, okay, who everybody knows about seeing. We don't have the little dude that ran all over everybody again, you know, too. We, we don't have some of those names. We don't have CJ. But we've got a lot of different guys, you know what I'm saying? So if one guy's not on that day, we have more options, you know what I'm saying? Now, eventually I hope somebody starts to separate and becomes a star, like, you know, Isaiah did, you know what I'm saying, like CJ did, like Ryan Jones did. But right now, it's more of we got a bunch of guys, but we got more guys. You know, so practice right now, we're playing more guys. We're working more guys. I hope that keeps us fresher, too, throughout the year. That could be the other advantage. Maybe not necessarily in this game. They're pretty deep, I think. But uh, I think throughout the season, it could be. All right, there's Donnie Kirkpatrick, offensive coordinator for your ECU Pirates. Um, we do we do have more uh, of his comments that we'll play tomorrow on Pirate Radio Live. So um, let's take a break. But before we do, let's give it away. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Wild Pirate Radio, can you be the answer? All right, get your phones out. 317-1250 is the number if you want to be a winner. Shirley, what do we have in the booty bag today? Still trying to figure out what the hell he's saying. $10 gift card to Familia. $10 gift card to Familia. That's Familia. That could be yours. 317-1250. What caller? Quattro. Call number four is a winner. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, It was a good day for the stock market yet again today. The Dow was up 37 points at 34,890. The NASDAQ was up 75 at 14,019. And the S&P was up 17 at 4,514. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC, member SIPC. And congratulations to Mark Hall of Winterville. Picked up a $10 gift card to Familia. Familia is your place for great Italian food, whether it's New York-style uh, pizzas, homemade meatballs, lasagna, chicken parm, or the delicious homemade desserts. Familia is a winning play every time. For dine-in or takeout, make familiar your go-to play when you have a hungry team. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now, back to the show. Here's Chandler. That's Familia. Congratulations to Mark Hall, the winner in the booty bag today. On the mark. On the mark. Um, 
let's wrap up the show. Uh, Shirley Rhodes is here. Joey, uh, intern Joey, I should say. Let me slap an intern on the front of that. Um, and the Clipster is here joining me as a guest, not a host. I am the host. Chalen Honeycutt with you. Um, so, Big Pie Radio Live coming up tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, a lot of guests. Touchdown! Tony Collins Sweet. will join us. Uh, excited about that. We've got, I believe, the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, if he can uh, find some time. Marcus Crandall. Maybe former Pirate Sharpshooter Tony Parham as well. Emery Hunt, CBS Sports HQ. Always love talking football with emory that and maybe ken watlington maybe two kens ken watlington and ken knox nice. from chairman of the bowl because we have our party tomorrow it is party day at the state theater with the chairman of the board we're all going to be there partying it up so i can't wait for that tomorrow night and then it will be saturday before you know at eight o'clock we'll be with you on the bud light pregame tailgate uh we'll have our watch party powered by celsius uh, and then, of course, the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter College Show coming up right after the game is over. Uh, we'll be taking your calls right here on Pirate Radio. So, uh, Joey, you're here Wednesdays. Yes. You I feel am. pretty good about being here on Fridays? I do. All right. Yeah. Because uh, I want to I want to do some picks with you somewhere, but if you're going to be here on Fridays, you can be part of our pick with Tony Dunn. Oh, perfect. NFL. Yeah, I'll be here Fridays. All right. We'll start that next week, but hey, we'll have uh, a Thursday night game to pick this Friday. Yes. So uh, we'll be picking the Chiefs and the Lions. Yes. Weird matchup. Yep. So we'll have our picks coming up on Friday. We'll have an awesome show for you tomorrow. We had an awesome show today with Athletic Director John Gilbert. We also talked some Michigan football with Aaron McMahon. Talked some gambling. Clipped it, at least, with Wager McGee. All of that was on our show today. And thanks to Shirley Rhodes, Joey, and Clip. I'm Chandler Honeycutt. Hey, voice, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.